Hey folks, welcome back to The Rift, Enlightenment Within the Divide. I'm your host, Sam Denning. Today, I'm joined by Liam Yu, a 20-year-old tri-state area native who is involved heavily in local politics, more specifically the Republican Party. He currently serves as a member of the Cabell County Republican Executive Committee and vice chair for the College Republicans at Marshall. Liam also attends Legacy Church Huntington, where he is a part of the worship team. I really hope you all enjoy today's guest. Relax and enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Liam. Yeah, thank you for having me, Sam. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I've been trying to connect with you ever since I found out that you're not just some run-of-the-mill 20-year-old running around here. You know, we got to talking (laughs) at church, and I was like, man... You know, he's he's pretty worldly kid here. He's not a kid. He's an adult. Uh, so I thought, let's have you on here. You're doing, you know, you're, uh, well, you can tell us a, a little bit more about what all you do. I mean, I gave you a little intro here, but uh, I, I just found you very fascinating. And I thought that anybody out there listening would, mm-hmm. would want to know about what all it is that you do around here in this town. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, before I begin, I would just like to say that where I'm member on the Cabell County Republican Executive Committee, vice chair for college Republicans at Marshall. I do have to give it a disclosure. What I say is not the view of either of the organizations, just my personal opinion. So yeah, Liam yes. is uh, offering his, his personal opinion and his personal views, and they don't represent any of the organizations he's involved in. Yes. But if the organizations happen to agree with me on everything, then I think that that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And they'll get my vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, no, I, you know, we may have some disagreements. We may get into some of those yeah, today. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that would be fun. And as long as they're, that's kind of what this is all about. Enlightenment within the divide. We're living in a fairly divided culturally and political mm-hmm. environment these days. And sometimes it's good to bring some enlightenment to people and have some open debate about some issues, but absolutely. you know, whether or not we get into that, you know, any divisive stuff, you know, more importantly, I want to, want to find out kind of what, what it is you do. Mm-hmm. So, so where do you serve? So I serve on the, uh, like I said, college Republicans at Marshall and then also uh, the Capital County Republican Executive Committee. I operate as the vice chair uh, for college Republicans. And then I also am the chair of the uh, college Republican subcommittee on our Capital County Republican Executive Committee. A lot of, lot of long titles, a lot of long titles. Um, yeah, it sounds like you're doing a lot. It, it, sa- like it seems like it, but I mean, man, like I still have time at the end of the day to just kind of wind down and relax. So if I have time to do that, I'm kind of like, I really don't feel like I'm doing a ton, you know, but it's, it's been good. I keep, I stay busy, you know, I get to be involved where I can be and it's, it's really good, man. Um, what, what got you down this path? So one of the big things actually, um, this was about, I want to say about a year ago. Yeah, almost a year ago. Um, Kelly Sabonia asked me if I wanted to run for the executive committee um, because there's basically kind of like, I don't like, 
some people were trying to get involved there and kind of take over. And she wanted to make sure that there was some people who were kind of able to represent the more, you know, traditional wing of the committee. Um, which that was why she asked me, she had planned on asking my dad actually, oddly enough, but you know, he's busy and everything. And so my mom said, Hey, just ask Liam. And so that was how that happened. Oh, wow. Cool. And was yeah. that, you were already involved at, uh, no, actually. So that was the very beginning of my involvement. I, like I say up to date with the news and everything. And I try to, you know, like, I really like to understand like what it is I believe in, but in terms of like actually being involved in politics or like running for any positions, I had not been prior. Were you involved in the college Republicans at Marshall before that? No. So I was still a freshman actually when that happened. So that was like, I was beginning my second semester um, so I hadn't even been involved there. They'd actually fizzled out for a while. And it was only this semester that we actually started up again. Um, we had a guy who he's a freshman, uh, but he came from Wheeling and he's been involved in uh, local politics as well. So he wanted to get the chapter started back up. And so that was what we started there. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So, wow, that's pretty interesting. So what year are you at Marshall right now? So I'm a sophomore right now, Gosh. finishing up my second semester of that. So, well, um, since you're now already involved in politics at the local level, what are your ultimate goals? Man, that's something I, enti- like, I'm going to be honest, like, I'm not entirely sure how, like, where I want to go in terms of politics, because there are some things that I enjoy about it, but also some things I really just don't care for. Um, part of it is just navigating, like, I'm somebody who's pretty open about, like, what I believe. And so the thing is with politics, like it seems like most of the time you can't tell people like what you really think. Right. So it's just kind of like you're walking on eggshells. I'm just like, man, I really don't want to do that. Like, this is my opinion. You have to be. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of you have to pander. Yeah. It's like I like I don't want to pander to you. (laughs) That's the definition of telling everybody something that you don't actually believe. Yeah. It's like (laughs) I don't like I like I would tell somebody like right now, if somebody said that they were like they hated Christianity, be like, okay, well, I'm a Christian. You know, like right. I wouldn't think anything of it, but nowadays, like you have to like operate on such a level that if you don't like completely agree with anybody, you're kind of suck up to them. It's just kind of like it's aggravating. Yeah, but I think that those winds are somewhat shifting, and I think that Trump's election in 2016 right. proved that right. that people are longing for someone that is telling them mm-hmm. the truth, telling them in plain words. Mm-hmm. what they want, what they see that's wrong mm-hmm. instead of pandering to people. Exactly. And so I think that at least in the Republican party, I see a lot more people actually just stepping out and having the courage to tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you see that? I mean, do you think there's truth to that? I see. I definitely see that like people like Blake masters in Arizona, um, Carrie Lake and, uh, people like that. I think they definitely do have that. Like that's something that's becoming a lot more common in the Republican party, but the problem is the establishment I find. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think this is just like, this is just a national thing. This isn't just like federal government. These are state level things too, because there are people who've been there, like have been in place for a long time. And if you aren't like in line with them, well then, you know, like, yeah, it's all about political power and the people get that, you know, it's kind of a deeper conversation, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's hard to break. Mm-hmm. free from that uh, draw to just do, you know, mm-hmm. what the party wants you to do, which ultimately genu- is usually good, but, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't get to say what you really want. Exactly. So I, I do think that's slowly changing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I see where you're going. So do you do you have goals? You know, do you plan? I mean, on a on a comedic note, I want to be emperor of the North American Empire, man. We're gonna yeah. take over Canada, Mexico, and then you know we'll just we'll figure things out from there. You know, but I at once at one point thought take over the world, but you know that's just too globalist. I'm a nationalist, so we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna bring it back a bit. Yeah, yeah, we'll just. Start out in Huntington, we'll Barbersville area. Yeah, yeah. We're going to fortify Barbersville, and I'm just going to expand from there. But uh, on a realistic note, I'm not entirely sure. I'm still praying about that stuff because uh, one thing is, like, I definitely don't want to be one of those people where politics is their career. You know, if anything, it should be like a side gig, in all honesty. Some people, like, they step out of their career to serve in it after they've served in that for a while. That's perfectly admirable, and I think that's fine. But when people make that their job, like, that's their, you know, that's basically the only economic value that they provide i kind of don't want to do that personally um yeah you need to be you need in my opinion you need to be in some of these positions long enough that you can make some sort of mm -hmm. impact but you also need to be out in the private sector long enough to still be and have the opinions of the people exactly actually and i think when you end up making it a career like let's just use people on the national you know the federal level like a nancy pelosi or a mitch mcconnell people mm -hmm. from two different parties it's become a career for them and they mm -hmm. they literally truly are just removed yeah from they're clueless right and i think a lot of i was talking to somebody about this but i think like there's so many people that they place their entire worth their personal worth on politics and that's something i don't like for one, like, I don't have that. I don't feel like I have that issue to begin with. But not only that, like, I don't, I just don't want to be in a position where that could become a problem. Yeah, and that becomes your value. Exactly. Yeah, and I think, um, I think that's really noble. I think that's awesome. I hope you continue down. and Because and, and, th that's those kind of things, which we're going to talk about this, mm -hmm. I think, in a little bit. But that, you know, I look at a Ron DeSantis and I see that in him, but you get mm -hmm. so worried that the higher up you go, that mm -hmm. you get sucked into the, mm -hmm. you know, the other, uh, what do you call them? Lobbying people. Next mm -hmm. thing you know, you're not using your own words anymore. You're exactly. doing everything, you know, you get drawn into it. Mm -hmm. So the longer you can resist and try to be really who you are and not let it define mm -hmm. you, you know, if you can keep that going and mm -hmm. be able to have some, uh, some sort of influence in politics, mm -hmm. then those are the people, in my opinion, that I want. Yeah. And, you know, something else too, I mean, if God doesn't call me towards like actually serving like in office at some point, well, then he might call me to serve like, you know, like as a, you know, in like an influential role. Cause I think like, and this is something I was actually talking about, like on a more spiritual level with some friends of mine, but there are reapers and there are sowers and like there are, you know, there are influencers and then there are people who actually wield power. And, you know, we often think immediately, like the most important thing are the people that wield power. Like ultimately that is kind of true, but there are also people around them that influence them. And so what we also need to focus on, instead of just like this idea of, hey, let's just get our guy in power. Definitely. I do want that to happen. I do want my guys to take office, take power, and then, you know, kind of yeet the communists out of there. But in all seriousness, I think like we also need to look at the importance of, you know, spiritual advisors people who are going to go in there and say hey listen like this is my opinion you ultimately it's up to you but you've got me here to help you make these decisions and i want to help you do that and so this is what i think and so i think that's something the conservatives kind of need to get better at personally because i think we we tend to be so brazen because like we've been silenced for so long and that's I, I again i don't think this is a bad thing 
but there's like a time and a place. We got to have some tact in some areas, but I definitely do appreciate the fact that we're just way more comfortable being like, Hey, this is what I think. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and things like we are doing right now exactly. are really, really, you know, quote, you know, I know this is a buzzword, but it's very, it's, it's uh, decentralizing this media thing. You know, our, our message no longer has to get sifted through mm-hmm. some channel we can get out your your liam gu's beliefs mm-hmm. and and sam, and sam denning's beliefs out here mm-hmm. now whether or not anybody's listening uh that's a different story but i mean yeah. it does you know you can even through something like this influence people or get mm-hmm. somebody to maybe change their mind which is why i try not to be combative on anything on yeah here because you're not going to make mm-hmm. you're not going to make go anywhere doing that mm-hmm. so um you know I had some specific bullet points that I wanted us to try to address before mm-hmm. kind of going in and, in and, in, you know, we're going to have kind of a deeper conversation about maybe just general politics, but I mm-hmm. want to know a little bit more about your perceived, uh, uh, problems like in, in West Virginia politics and, uh, mm-hmm. and even federal, you know, national mm-hmm. politics. So mm-hmm. what do you think? Are there any, any problems in West Virginia politically that you've seen from your positions? I think one of the big issues, and I've had this discussion with a lot of different, or with some different people, but um, one of the things I think is, especially like in the more governor's position, is there are a lot of people from like when Democrat, like the Democrats had a very strong hold on West Virginia for a long time. The Republicans just kind of came in and just like took over everything, like is almost like overnight, if, like like politically speaking. Um, but the problem is, is that there's still like these, and this is a problem you actually saw with the Trump administration too. But when Joe Manchin was governor of West Virginia, he still got people who are in those positions of power that are like essentially in the bureaucracy. And that was that's something that I think has been holding back like the governorship specifically. And so West Virginia has this problem like where there are these entrenched uh, kind of like swamp people, Democrats that are, you know, holding back the Republican agenda. And now the thing is, the Republicans have a super majority in the West Virginia House of Delegates. We've got 88 out of 100 seats. Republican and the Senate is even better for us. We've got 31 out of 34 seats in the Senate. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Mind blowing. Yeah. Super majorities. Right now you'd think now this was based off the most recent election, but we had four amendments that were put up for election, um, during the midterms and not a single one of them passed. Now you would think with, uh, Republican super majorities in both houses, we could like easily get that stuff passed in the public. Well, the problem was the judicial code and a lot of different things that were going on there. But you had this issue where, based on previous administrations uh, essentially deciding things, like Republicans haven't figured out that, hey, there's some things that we need to change if we actually want to pass our agenda. We actually have to start wielding authority and power and actually have to go in there and kind of clean things out a little bit. And so that was like one of the big things that uh, sucked with the amendments because you know they were great. All of them, like, I looked over them. Like, we had a town hall, college Republicans did. Uh, Senator Eric Tarr, or State Senator Eric Tarr was there, and uh, Delegate Linville. Um, They were discussing all that. They explained it really well. But the problem is there were two guys, and they had to go all over the state and try to explain this whole thing. And then you had Jim Justice coming out saying, hey, uh, these are actually terrible ideas. But the whole the only reason that he was opposed to them was because essentially like one of the one of the amendments would be to allow the legislature to eliminate like uh, state inventory taxes, property taxes, things like that. And Jim Justice was coming in there trying to make it look like it was this bad thing because he wanted them to reform the income tax. 
Now that would directly benefit him. I can't remember exactly how they put it, but basically um, I think it taxed like his coal, like the profits he made off of like coal mining and everything and how much he made there. Um, so that was a, like a whole, that was the whole reason that the thing was screwed up for one, like the judicial code made it difficult for people to understand. And so like when people don't understand something, their automatic inclinations to vote no, which I, I completely get. Um, but then you also had the governor coming around. He's kind of a populist figure, whether or not we want to admit it, but he's kind of a, he's a great advertiser. He's kind of like a, like people see him as like the people's guy. Cause he's just so brazen. You know, he seems like real genuine, but it was a real scummy thing that he did where he just kind of, you know, shot down the amendments without hesitation. Yeah. He does carry like, uh, enough clout, you know, from people on both sides of the aisle to get, you know, if he says to do something, you know, generally he'll get people to go out and, and do it. They, like you said, a, he, he, the people will listen to him. Like they'll kind of bypass their own thoughts and opinions on mm-hmm. what they're even reading. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I want, I was, I was very shocked that, the, that those did not pass. Like I, I was very shocked. Um, you know, but as, as you're talking about the bureaucrats, uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate because mm-hmm. I agree with you on, mm-hmm. on it all. But some people might say that, uh, what's well, a good thing. It's a way to kind of keep things from changing so rapidly mm-hmm. well, because, you know, while, while we have a Republican controlled, uh, government, they're going to start, you know, filling a bunch of positions with mm-hmm. bureaucrats that are going to last for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. So it's maybe some sort of checks and balances. And so it's just another, you know, gear mm-hmm. in the system of not affecting rapid change. So my response to that would be that if the Democrats had super majorities right now, they wouldn't hesitate to get the Republican people out of power as soon as they could. Like th- th- this is something that I think Republicans try, like we try to be fair. We try to be polite. We try to be respectable. And then what happens is that the Democrats swoop in, take advantage of that. And they're like, Hey, um, we've got the power now get out. That, that's basically their entire ball game. And then we're shocked when they do it. It's like, you, you, you can't do that. Like you're not playing by the rules. It's like, well, these guys are like, they advocate for abortion. My guy, like I, can't, I don't really know how to put it any differently. It's like if the Democrats had the super majorities, like if it, if the tables were turned right now and they had the governorship as well, the first thing that they would do, if they were Republican people in the bureaucracies, they would get them out without hesitation. They would do it. And so I think the, problem with the Republican mindset is that we just are like, okay, like, like, let's say that it was the mindset behind it. Well, here's the thing. Nobody recognizes that nobody cares because the thing is whether or not people want to admit it, bureaucracy actually affects a lot more than what we would like to admit. Oh, it, it affects everything. Yeah. Like it. And so I, I would speak on it more on a federal. So I agree with you. I, I can't, it's, it's quote the deep state to use. I mean, it's a, a permanent entrenched bureaucratic, group of people that actually run everything Mm -hmm. you know they kind of listen to what the elected officials say but they know that they're just elected and they'll be it's like blowing in the wind Mm -hmm. they'll be gone there will be another administration and they just keep doing whatever it was they were taught to do in the order that they were taught to do it at the time that they started doing the job Mm -hmm. and uh, we can blame Woodrow Wilson basically for all of this starting all these three-letter agencies that had a whole bunch of unelected officials on the federal level and also the federal reserve, but we can get to that. Yeah. But you know what I mean? (laughs) So it makes this layer. It's almost like, it's not almost, it's basically is like our 
country is still doing the bidding of the Woodrow Wilson administration because you get these things going Mm -hmm. and they're doing the agenda of whatever it was when it was instituted. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, they had 40 year career people in there that were there regardless of who was in office. But my thing, those people shouldn't wield any power at all Mm -hmm. is my opinion. They should, it, it should all go down to the elected people. Mm-hmm. And this is where I get irritated with the, I don't know if as much on the West Virginia level, but uh, mm-hmm. on the federal level, like when they're passing laws and things, they need to quit doing these omnibus huge bills. They need mm-hmm. to vote on everything individually, get everybody's mm-hmm. individual record on it, mm-hmm. hold the people accountable to what they're actually voting on one mm-hmm. by one. Mm-hmm. If it takes a whole bunch of time, mm-hmm then maybe it wasn't important enough to even introduce. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. And, and, and if it seems silly and absurd to build a $25 million bridge to nowhere somewhere, mm-hmm. then that means it is silly and ab- absurd. <laughs> yeah. And if you have to vote on that individually and nobody mm-hmm. in their mind wants to say yes to it mm-hmm. because they, their people would go, why, why did you do that? And you can't, you can't run cover behind going, well, we needed to get this and it was all together. If we mm-hmm. didn't vote yes for that 20, we've got to stop doing that mm-hmm. so that the power truly goes to the people mm-hmm. they know what their representative did or didn't do mm-hmm. and their representative holds the power mm-hmm. not some delegated bureaucrat right so so like that we've and it, it sounds like the system is somewhat busted oh yeah yeah, yeah. and it not somewhat it, it is busted and i mm-hmm. think that our elected people mm-hmm. don't mind that it's busted mm-hmm. because it absolves them of any responsibility for bad legislation. Exactly. Um, they can hide behind these massive bills by mm-hmm. claiming that they did get you what you wanted. It just, they had to say yes be- mm-hmm. to all these other hundred and thousand other things. Yeah. Like we <laughs> guys, guys, we got you the border wall, but we also are funding child mutilation as well. So, I mean, it's, Ex- bingo. It's so like, that's on a federal level, yeah. but like, it, I think that it, that kind of stuff probably happens on the state level to a lesser degree. Yeah. But, yep. but I think too, that's a much broader point I'm making, mm-hmm. but I think that as far as the bureaucratic people, I think that they're necessary, but I think mm-hmm. that they should not have any mm-hmm. control on whether something does or doesn't get implemented. Yeah. And so, like you said, they should either get them out of the way mm-hmm. or just ignore them, mm-hmm. pass the legislation in the supermajority republic that, that we, the people, want. Yeah. And I think like another... I think one of the issues is as well is that there are definitely like a lot of sectors and this is more so a federal issue, I think, than it is a state issue. Although somebody might argue with me about the state level stuff, but when it comes to the federal level, there are so many agencies. Like I don't think all of them need to be abolished. Like oddly enough, like I'm somebody who's not entirely opposed to the EPA. Although I do think that they're stupid with 90% of the rulings that they have, but agencies like the ATF, what do we need them for? Like realistically, like what do we need them for? The ATF just goes in and shoots some people for having a short barreled rifle. It's like big. It's like what? What have they contributed? They've actually taken stuff away from us. <laughs> yeah. On on the, on this here, we're going to go down this rabbit hole. And so we've skipped to my next question: Are what? What are some perceived problems with the federal politics? Oh but, yeah. But but real quick, that's my next thing. <laughs> uh, there is no other right other than the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm that you have to prove a whole bunch of stuff before you're allowed to even right. have the right. Right. Like my right to free speech doesn't have like hoops I have to jump through to have the right 
free speech or the right the right to exercise religion. I don't have to go register somewhere in order for me to go to church, yeah, or to pray. And, but for some reason, there are the right to bear arms. There are more and more and more things in the way for you to be able to exercise that right, and I find that very. Yeah, I feel like in if we were actually following the Constitution, they would they would all get struck down. Oh yeah, well, and here's the thing, like, um, like one of the things is too when it comes to the uh, ATF regulations and federal government issues, one of the big problems is that the ATF essentially like it's an unconstitutional organization, but they have all these laws that are, uh, um, basically, if you've heard, have you heard of the NFA, um. It's one of those things where they actually ban fully automatic weapons, which whether or not you want to, uh, you know, whether or not you think people should own those, constitutionally, you cannot make the argument that those should be banned. Now, when it comes to things like short-barreled rifles, those things are blatantly stupid because whenever you hack off, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. If you want to own, like, any sort of rifle with a pistol grip and a buttstock, it has to have a 16-inch barrel. So if you go buy an AR-15 from any shop, it cannot be shorter than six than a 16-inch barrel. You have to, anything else, you have to go to the ATF for. Or it has to have something called a pistol brace, which I think they're actually banning here soon because apparently people have been using them as stocks, even though it wasn't designed as one. But anyhow, you can basically, they made all these stupid regulations that are just the dumbest things ever. Like if you hack off, like with an AR-15, if you hack off, like one thing I've wanted to get at some point, like whenever I'm old enough, is an 11 and a half inch AR-15 SBR. Now I have to register that to the ATF. But the problem is, and like this is this kind of illustrates the stupidity of their, uh, you know, rules, is that if you hack off four and a half inches of an AR-15 barrel, that neuters the round more or less in a lot of ways. But not only that, let's say that I wanted to essentially, like I wanted to have that, literally all I would have to do to be able to legally own that without the fear of the ATF rating me is take the stock off of the lower receiver. That's all I would have to, the, the people would say you have to register as a pistol, that is true, but basically that's all I would have to do. Functionally, it's still the same rifle. But if I wanted to go, you know, like if somebody wanted to go use that um, in a mass shooting, hypothetically, which more often than not, they actually don't. Um, all they would have to do is keep the stock and the actual firearm in a separate room, basically. Then they could just put it together, and then they could go yeah, and, commit crimes. And I, I see what you're saying, but I'm going one step further going, why why do you need to even register? Exactly. That, like That's why, my why whole you, point. Why are there little hoops you have to go through to exercise your fundamental mm-hmm. right? But not only that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, like it, there shouldn't be, you don't have some registry saying that you went and bought a Bible mm-hmm. at uh, Lifeway Christian store mm-hmm. and that we now have a record that uh, Sam Denning owns a King James version Bible mm-hmm. at his oh, home so James? that he can, no, I'm just giving <laughs> it. Sure. Yeah. No, well, I'm just saying, you know, we, we now know that Sam Denning owns a King James Bible uh, that he bought here, you know, mm-hmm. so um, he can exercise his right to religion. Exactly. Like it, it, it's it, that's ludicrous. And the thing is, I think the federal government has realized that they actually don't have to outright ban firearms. They just have to make it really difficult. But not only that, they've also realized that they can outsource the process of um, 
essentially preventing people from getting firearms to private companies. I don't know if you heard that whole visa scandal, like where they were basically made a whole other category for tracking firearms and ammunition purchases. But, oh yeah, I've been following that. So I'm a, I watch a lot of news as well and read a bunch of stuff. And sometimes I have to get myself out of that because it does mm-hmm. get me worked up about things. But, um, I am coming from a standpoint where I, I don't own any guns. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't have any guns. Um, and I used to, I remember being somewhat swayed when I was in college and I'm 39 now, um, almost 40, but I used to wonder why does somebody need this kind of gun or that kind of gun. But the now, mm-hmm. I mean, I have changed. Like, no, this is a right. Mm-hmm. It's a right like any other right. Like, I feel like that if they, I don't know if they have been, but under any judicial scrutiny, even these other little nitpicky things about making it harder to get a gun, I think those should also be considered unconstitutional. You can't make it harder for someone to have their right. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be allowed to. Like if it was, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the, maybe they did make rulings saying it was, they were allowed to do that. But I, I, would, I don't think they would pass the sniff test on any other right. Well, and here's the thing. And the left is really good about this. They get their people into power like when it matters. If they can, like, <laughs> like Republicans could have complete control over local politics. And that does matter. Don't get me wrong. And they can be really involved. But basically, if, the left can get enough people into places where they can nullify any local decision. It, they it, will do that. It's kind of like... That's, that's what they did with the whole Oberfell um, issue on gay marriage and then the abortion issue as well. They got these radical judges in there that ended up making these things, like these constitutional rulings out of thin air. And we like and like we were shocked because like very clearly... These things were not in the Constitution. They weren't. They shouldn't have been there. They shouldn't have been legislating from the bench, but they did anyway. They did anyway because they're so possessed by ideology. And well, here's the way I see it: that we're on a trajectory continuously of, uh, you know, change. Mm-hmm. Things keep changing, and when when the Democratic Party gets into power, they actually effectuate that change, the change they want. Mm-hmm. And when the Republicans get in power, they seem to be very very content. Mm-hmm. To just be a little bit of a breather. Well, that's like one like of the- they don't want to effectuate the change the changes that their people are screaming about. So yeah. it's like only seems to be one sided. We don't get change of bringing people's rights back to them. We just get a reprieve yeah. for four or eight years, and then we get back to let's start taking rights again. There's <laughs> I know I sound like my grandma or whatever well, saying, no, "Oh, they're taking true. my rights. Uh, they're taking my rights." But I mean, it, it what. If it is your honestly, and I believe this, your honest, God-given right to protect your life mm-hmm. and the life of your loved ones, then how can that possibly be infringed upon exactly. by anything? Exactly. Like, well, it, 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 it either is your right or it isn't. Mm-hmm. And, like, like again, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, and, I don't... And that's the whole thing with the with the radical left. Um and we can get to discussion as to why I think the concept of liberalism itself is actually like just evil. But one of the problems is like the Republican party for a long time has been used to being like, if you go back to the fifties and sixties, uh, the Republicans were the party of the traditional American society. Um, and that was the whole conservative goal. You conserve the traditional American society. And so we've had the same mindset that we're trying to prevent the left from making things crazy, which we are to a degree, but we also have to realize that, hey, we're not just a reactionary group anymore, which reactionary, I don't think is an inherently bad thing. But 
we're not just a reactionary group anymore. We actually have to go in and affect change. Yeah, we, we have real ideas and yeah. real plans and real kind of like Newt Gingrich did in the nineties. He spelled it out. Mm-hmm. Now it kind of it won him a bunch of seats, and it won him a bunch of seats for a reason because mm-hmm. it's what people wanted. Yeah, people from both sides. And then, like, we wonder why the Republicans failed in the midterms because Mitch McConnell's going out here like, oh, the American people's uh, most pro- most important goal is to send $40 billion to Ukraine. It's like, I don't care about them. <laughs> I, like, why should I? Also, yeah, I find it like, so I want to go, so, you know, perceived problems with the, with federal politics. Mm-hmm. One of them is today they're voting on um, Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. All right. And who are they going to vote in? It's going to be Kevin McCarthy, very, very Kevin likely. So here's McCarthy. here's my issue is that, um, and I made a comment on this on Fox News, but like, mm-hmm. I, I'm okay if Kevin McCarthy, I mean, I'm not like going to lose sleep if Kevin McCarthy becomes the Speaker of the House, but mm-hmm. like these positions shouldn't just fall into people's laps because they've mm-hmm. been in there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, they, And I know that that's not the only reason. It's because he's fundraised and he's done a really, really good job pandering, mm-hmm. right? Right. But and, my thing is, is why not? Because people say, oh, the, the, the Republicans are so divided. I think that it should be irrelevant of party. They should have a vote. They should... It's a good thing to uh, to allow more people the opportunity to throw out their ideas mm-hmm. and and have the opportunity to be speaker. Why does it? And it's because these people get in these entrenched positions, and then they're in charge of the purse strings, purse strings like McConnell. Mm-hmm. Then they never lose these positions of power because they they make these deals behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And this is the stuff I see wrong. Mm-hmm. No one person in a party should have the ability to affect the voting of other people in the party. It should mm-hmm. only be their people, the people that they represent. Mm-hmm. But that's not what's happening. The people vote Mitch McConnell to be their leader, not mm-hmm. because the people screaming in Kentucky or the people mm-hmm. screaming in West Virginia. It's because Mitch McConnell is telling that other senator, mm-hmm. if you don't vote for me, I'm still in control of the money right now. You're not mm-hmm. going to get any. Right. And this, And it's like, is that what the founders of this country meant? Is that representing us? If Kevin McCarthy still gets it on a floor vote or whatever, and it's not done like that, okay, so be it. But my whole point is, let the people out, let the field of people go out there, let them vote every single time, mm-hmm. free and clear of like strings. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, free and clear of the party. It doesn't matter if it's Repu- everybody should want that because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. then you get they're, they're going to be more on their toes and they're going to say and do things that we, you and I want mm-hmm. instead of, Oh, I didn't line uh, representative so-and-so from Montana's pockets good enough. So he may not vote for me. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's literally boiled down to that. Exactly. I mean, it's and, just not a vote for the people. And yet they like to make speeches about the, the people's house. Mm-hmm. It's like the, you know, Kevin it's McCarthy the is the corporation's house. Yes, the corporation's honest. house. Because none of them, it goes back to the comments I made earlier, mm-hmm. none of them really want to, their name. There's a few of them, mm-hmm. like Rand Paul and 
mm-hmm. some of these other people that want all these bills split up and voted mm-hmm. on individually. But honestly, Kevin McCarthy is one of those people where I, let's make a big old omnibus bill mm-hmm. so everybody on both sides can get everything they want and we can mm-hmm. distance ourselves from it. Mm-hmm. And if it's some law or something we made that's bad, none of us really care. We'll let the courts decide two years from now. Yeah. We have zero, we, the people's house, have zero accountability. So right. guess what? We can all keep our jobs in two years. Right. It's become a entrenched establishment. I hate to use the word uniparty. Yeah. I mean, it has been. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. But, and then when people try to break the mold and, and everybody says there's division in the Republican Party. No, there's division in the country. People are tired of it operating this way. Right. It need not operate this way. If if McCarthy ends up getting it so be it. But like it, sh- there should be open debate. There should be conversation and people's voices should be heard. And that shouldn't be indicative that we can't get our stuff together in the Republican party. Right. It should happen every two years. Right. And the thing is like, this is more on a, uh, this is more of a conversational level though. But like one of the things, like if you've noticed, like you can get canceled for having the wrong opinions and like you will in the house too. If you don't, if you don't fall in line with the establishment, well then you're just going to be barred from having any, prominent seat on any committees or they won't endorse you or whatever they won't fund you for your next race all that stuff but like on a conversational level if you so much as say like that you are to the right of hillary clinton you're canceled now here's the thing like i'm somebody who like vehemently opposes the democratic party and i like i could not care for them less but they've become like, it's so crazy, like, what they've been able to do. And I think really it's because they've been able to use Marxist ideology to infiltrate the American psyche. Because, like, they've convinced, like, for the longest time, like, if you've noticed, if you were a communist, like, it was, like, oh, that like that was just as bad as being a Nazi. Arguably worse. But now, like, the Nazi is the worst thing ever. Now, I'm not saying, I, I strongly, almost as much as I hate communism, hate Nazism. But, like, if you say, I hate communism, people are like, bro, that's just, like, we just want to have a commune and everything. Like, we just want to, you know, like, we just want to get together and do our little socialist paradise. It's like, I'm sorry, but you guys fundamentally oppose everything about this nation. And, like, we can't even say that now. If you're in the Republican Party and you were to say that, then they would just be like, that's too radical, man. Like, you just have to say socialism sucks, basically, and just hope that's enough to keep the left at bay it's like it's ridiculous you know i made it i made another comment i hate to bring these things up but another (laughs) comment off on fox news just the other day where someone had said you know the democrats are bringing us closer to socialism with all their socialist parties they're communist or whatever and Mm -hmm. i was just reading that comment and another person replied and said what what is your proof of said policies that Mm -hmm. are socialist and what is your proof that they're you know communist and whatever and yada 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 and I just, I don't care one way or the other, but I responded to that person and I said, because this is the genuine feeling I get. I said, um, let's just play this game the way you play this game. Mm-hmm. You can call me a racist and a bigot and I have to prove to you how I'm not. Mm-hmm. So how about you prove to us how you're not a socialist and a communist and right. a Marxist? Right. And Instead of trying to make me say how you are, Mm-hmm. which is how honestly how it should be let's play by your rules right i'm automatically a bigot and i have to spend all my time trying to explain to you how i'm not exactly so you need to tell me how you are not a marxist exactly how does that feel and the guy <laughs> responded and he said i don't i don't understand you I'm well like, they don't have the okay thinking. most people like <laughs> just like 
Something I have learned, and whether or not people, like, this is just my personal opinion, I think a lot of people genuinely do not have agency. Like, they're they're kind of sheep. And Oh, they are. The same people that scream that they're lions mm-hmm. are sheep. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, but, like, whenever we talk about communism or socialism, like, we have this idea that it's purely economic. Like, the real reason America won was because we were a capitalist nation and the commies weren't. It's like, that's okay. Like, that's part of it, I guess. But the real reason was because we had an actual functioning society that sought to fear and serve God. And one of the ways in which we did that was we tried to preserve the family unit. And then the communists, like, I don't, like, this is a communist policy. Marx and Engels would be so proud of the modern left. Like, they they might think that they're a little goofy and a little weird, like, with some of the stuff that they're doing, like, dyeing their hair purple. But if they saw, like, how they had managed to break up the family and, like, absolutely distort, like, any concept of it, they would be so full of joy. Because ultimately communism and socialism their goal is to disrupt the family unit in america and to destroy the traditional american society like that's that's how they operate so people have this uh idea that it's just all about economics it's like that's a small very 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 small fraction of the of the problem they've been able to implement so much change because they've been able to get our teachers to start teaching their kids that hey you might be gay or, hey, you might be transgender, or things like that. And it's like, we wonder why things are going south so quickly. It's like, my guy, you let that happen. Yeah, there's no fundamental truth anymore. You know, everybody yeah. used to pick up the Bible and hold it up in the air, and that was the truth. Mm-hmm. Now, people are very, very content to take that same Bible, hold it up in the air while they drop it into the trash. Exactly. And I, whether you, you know, this could be debatable, but I'm just going to throw this out there. Whether you believe in God or believe Jesus was the son of God and died, mm-hmm. you know, whether you believe that or not, you mm-hmm. cannot dispute the truths of the Bible. Exactly. Like they're, they are f- fundamental and everybody knows, you know, that it's those moral behaviors and those more, the, the people in the Bible, the, the stories of constant oppression and being mm-hmm. redeemed and, you know, are fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason why they stood the test of time and people felt the need to, to say them, you know, verbally and then write them when they were able to write them. And there's a reason why the Bible was the first thing that was printed with the printing press. They could have printed anything. Mm-hmm. Why'd they print the Bible? Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, and it, so I, I fear, I've said this to multiple people and I've said it on some of these podcasts, some of which I have and haven't, you know, released yet. But I think that the biggest issue culturally coming up for us is this transgender thing. And I think it's out of the box. It's never going to go away. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people might, people listening might think that, Oh, I'm crazy, but no, it's a contagion. Like it's a uh, mental contagion. Mm -hmm. Like it's growing at a rapid pace. Mm -hmm. If you raise children to believe that there is no universal truth on their gender Mm -hmm. then they're going to believe that yeah and it's and then they're going to you know we're only a couple generations in my opinion away from everybody thinking that they can decide that they're their own gods they can decide what they are and are not well if you want to have that conversation about liberalism and why that's a where that started or that concept came from we can have that discussion well we can't i mean i've talked about Mm -hmm. this a lot but but i think that the most Mm -hmm. 
pressing thing in this country that we need to really be focusing on is the transgender problem because that mm-hmm. is representative of all. I mean, like that is the indoctrination, mm-hmm. the telling, you know, the losing control of our children. Once, once that seed has been planted, and I right. guess you could argue. So like the flip argument is, well, the seed was planted that you were just a boy or just a girl. That's the seed that they would say. Right, but here's the thing. But you are just a boy or just yeah. a girl. Like uh, it, it, Republican, like the conservatives and the right are so bad at doing this. They're just like, instead of saying, hey, um, I'm actually correct because all of human history has agreed with me for thousands of years. Also, you're <laughs> a Satanist and... Well, find me. So like I, I've said this too about homosexuality. That's real. Mm-hmm. That is real. I mean, like, it's been written about. It's in the I mean, whether it's a, a sin or not, you know, it, it's real. Mm-hmm. Find me the hidden text about these transgender people thousands of years right. ago. It, 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 there weren't any. Well, no. And see, if it was such see, a big deal and people with were... the liberal pastors, they'll say, Jesus was a transgender. It's like, that is, for no. one, that is, that is terribly blasphemous. But not only that, like, they have to reach so far. They're so good at warping and twisting scripture or just reality to be whatever they want why because they view themselves as their own gods and so that's that's fundamentally the crux of the argument because the conservative view has always been submit yourself to god and serve him fearfully and in love the liberal view has been free yourself from the shackles of serving this god which you had no say in whether or not he was your creator it's like dude i'm sorry but your life choices as like I've never like I hardly ever see a happy liberal. Hardly ever. Not saying that they don't exist, but I think like there's this lack of fulfillment because they think they're their own God. They have no higher purpose in serving their immediate self gratification and pleasure. And that's ultimately like what the transgenderism debate is. It's the immediate gratification of trying to be whoever you want to be versus accepting and submitting to the reality that you are who you were born as. You yes. are who you were created to be. I've said this before. Like, when did we go away from embrace who you are? Like, that was the big mantra of the left. Embrace who you are. Mm-hmm. Now it's, if you don't like who you are, change who you are physically. Like, literally, cut yourself open and change who you are. Well, we don't believe there are women, but yet we can definitely define women because we are making men into women. But we right. can't tell you what a woman is, but by God, if we want you to make me into one i can you know that's why i love that matt walsh what is a woman like it's if you're telling everybody there is no such thing as men and women and we're all just whatever we want to be then how Mm. can you tell someone to make you like a woman right like what is that i think the reason it's gone so far too is that there's just been this uh, dissociation from any sense of actual um i would say cultural identity or national identity or communal identity people used to be identified like now they put it into something biological instead of something about their culture about their heritage about you know like i have german heritage i'm very proud of that because like i look at the reformation and the things that the germans did there and the german empire prior to world war one i mean they were a very interesting and great culture and a great people um and i think that they're just like it was very like like something that's something like I want to imitate the greatness of those people. But now because people don't have this understanding that I'm supposed to live up to the reputation of my forefathers and not only meet, but exceed their greatness. There's this obsession with personal identity with who I am, not who I can be as like 
um, a fulfillment of previous generations and all that they did to make sure that I'm here. And that's the problem, I think, because like Republicans and I think conservatives to a large degree have this idea of like, if we just go to like a prior stage of liberalism, everything will be okay. It's like, no, like instead of saying like embrace who you are, embrace your heritage, embrace the, like what you were born into, embrace the fact that you are a man and your goal and your duty is to provide and protect your family and to serve God. Embrace the fact that you have a, like a distinct national identity and you ought to preserve and protect that as well. Instead, we have this con- like this uh, view of like, I just like we base our identity off of our desires instead of what we are called to do, the higher purpose that we have. And that I think is the fundamental issue that we're facing right now. And conservatives just haven't figured out how to argue against that. And it's like, you know, certain- well, here's where I'll throw a wrench in. Cause I, I mean, I, I'm more of a libertarian, mm-hmm. so I don't, I do like, you know, where I came from and stuff, but I don't view my national identity as high on the, as much mm-hmm. high on the list. I'm not saying it's not mm-hmm. overly important, but I think it's the relationship we have with God. Oh, that's absolutely the, yeah. So like thing. that is, absolutely. yeah. And that, that mm-hmm. should be what defines us and gives us our purpose mm-hmm. and gives us, gives us our, you know, any other thing below that is something to just chop us up. Right. And, if I could throw something in there, like I wasn't trying to say that our relationship with God is not important. I think that's because I kind of have. Oh, and I don't think yeah. you were either. Yeah. But I'm yeah. just saying that anything below that is chopping us up. Now, do I buy into it? Yeah. Am I more of nationalist? Per- mm-hmm. th- yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, generally speaking, mm-hmm. fix your own house before you start worrying about other people's houses. Mm-hmm. Right? right. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm also, as far as immigration goes, uh, the issue that I have with it mm-hmm. is if you're going to give people benefits, mm-hmm. then make get them on the books. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I also believe that it's out of control mm-hmm. and that they should be building a wall and not talking about it at all. Mm-hmm. And then I think, and this is my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then when the wall is completed, like I think there shouldn't be bickering about the wall. Mm-hmm. Like let everything go as it's going right now, continue status quo, but, but, but build the wall. Mm-hmm. And then the day the wall is done, mm-hmm. you make an announcement and go, congratulations, everybody that made it. Mm-hmm. You now cannot work unless you're on the books mm-hmm. and you're paying into the system. Mm-hmm. You were fortunate. We never made an announcement about it, but it's done in anybody Mm-hmm. Wanting to come from now on goes through the gates that are located here, here, and here. Mm-hmm. And you're going to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. I think... And uh, I mean, like, because I don't think you can just go round up millions and millions and, and send them home. I think that's ludicrous. I don't mm-hmm. think you make an announcement that you're actively building it because then you get even more people coming in. Mm-hmm. You just build it. Mm-hmm. Then you just say, no matter if you're a Democrat or Republican president, you know, make a joke about it. Congratulations, everybody that made it in here. Mm-hmm. You're, we'll just give you citizenship now. Mm-hmm. And, but we, because we're already paying for you, mm-hmm. you're already reaping the benefits of a citizen. You're just not paying mm-hmm. into it. It's all, mm-hmm. you're now paying. Mm-hmm. You're now working your job, the same job you've been working, but you're on the freaking books. Mm-hmm. And you're paying towards your mm-hmm. benefits that you're receiving receiving and no other illegal immigrant is going to be allowed in the country period like period we've got a built wall like is it it's over i think that like if the problem wasn't so much that they were the problem with illegal immigration isn't so much that we're paying for things that 
you know, we shouldn't be. I definitely don't like that. I really don't like the my money is going to an illegal immigrant who didn't follow the laws to try to get in here. But it's more so the cultural change that they bring with them. And so the problem is, is like, I'm okay with people coming into our country so long as they say, hey, I'm leaving behind my old country and I'm going to assimilate and join the new one. Yes. No, but and that, I agree but, with that. But, but the, it, there's the a problem l- is with like the amnesty argument. I find per, like personally, I, I understand what you're saying though. I don't um, think there's a, the reason I'm going that route mm-hmm. is I don't think there's an alternate solution that would ever work. Well, there are actually I, somebody It's funny that you mentioned that. Cause I actually saw somebody, his name is John Doyle, very, very based individual. Um, but he was talking about like a lot of the different things that we could do to actually it's basically incentivize illegal immigrants to leave the country or to like, you know, allow us to get those people out who shouldn't be here at all. Um, basically like provide cash vouchers to people who don't want, like to say, Hey, if you leave the country and you know, don't come back, we'll give you money. I'd be okay with that. And not only that, but also say, Hey, um, to like the like legal immigrants, Hey, if you guys know anybody that's an illegal immigrant, tell us and we'll give you money. Like things like that. There are a lot of different things that we can do besides well, here, just like rounding up people and deporting them. Right. Well, I would say that's to me, that's not an option. I think it's an option right now. But I think mm-hmm. that in my theoretical, if I was president, what I would do, build a wall silently, mm-hmm. make the announcement. You know, I've already said mm-hmm. it. I think there are a ton of illegal immigrants that contribute greatly to the functioning of the country. Mm-hmm. So and I think if they were just to up and leave, mm-hmm. that would be very noticeable. There's a big argument too that they're mm-hmm. that they're taking Americans' jobs, mm-hmm. but I don't like that argument because the labor market is a labor market, mm-hmm. and if if you're unwilling to participate in the market, you're going to lose. That's right. the libertarian in me. Like it's mm-hmm. the Americans' fault that they don't have the work because they're unwilling to do it, and they also can't compete for the wages because the illegal people aren't on the books right so if they well, were on the books it would be they're having right now they have a competitive advantage mm-hmm. that, that advantage needs to be eliminated mm-hmm. now if there's people that want to take the money mm-hmm. and leave i think maybe that would i could like adjust my plan mm-hmm. you could offer it up but i think that there's basically a huge amount of agricultural stuff that's done by illegal immigrants mm-hmm. that i think there are not going to there aren't Heck, I mean, in Huntington, West Virginia, I can't get an American mm-hmm. to come swing a hammer. Right. I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? It, yeah. So there is a void being filled. And I'm not saying that it should be filled, but it, and this is, the, like I said, it's a libertarian in me. You know, the labor market, they have currently have a competitive advantage. Get rid of that. But well, the way you get rid of that is making, they have to be paid on the books like everybody else. Yeah. So they're not making as much money cash. They're paying taxes too. Mm-hmm. So then you get you get rid of that advantage. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, my kind of argument, and I do, I do understand what you're saying. I'm not saying it wouldn't be difficult. Um, like, kind of my thought is, like, and this is something. I don't, not only do I not yeah. think it's, difficult but i don't think it's necessary i don't think you have to get rid of them all i think that in terms of trying to preserve the culture which has been on decline for decades at this point let me address that because i was going to real quick Mm -hmm. there's a ton of latin american people that i like what they're bringing Mm -hmm. their family values they're actually they're actually increasing the amount of people in the country Mm -hmm. that have the family unit and as you know Mm there's their their voting is changing the ones that are legal and can vote right trust me even the ones well even the illegal ones have Mm -hmm. the same family values because Mm -hmm. i think given the opportunity a lot of them Mm -hmm. would pick up like Mm -hmm. would they speak english i don't know that part of it Mm -hmm. 
but like I think they are bringing a lot more mm-hmm. uh, American style values up here than say people coming here from Somalia. Mm-hmm. Well, you know I what think, I mean. I think a lot yeah. more of the southern border illegal border a lot more of them have some of the values that i have like they're christians a lot mm-hmm. of them like deeply devout even the illegal mm-hmm. ones like they i know i sound like i love these illegal and i don't mm-hmm. but i just don't mm-hmm. I, we have like a love-hate relationship with them in this country currently mm-hmm. like we truly do which is why the problem isn't solved mm-hmm. because they both see somewhat of a need for it yeah and, and, and my thing is is that we also have a need for it to stop Mm-hmm. but we also have a need for that labor force, mm-hmm. but that labor force is also hurting our current labor force, but mm-hmm. that can only be remedied if they have equal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what? My, so okay, I'll probably, let you say it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. If you don't mind. Like, this is like my, uh, probably, uh, argument would be that, you know, why are we trying to stop it if they provide so many benefits necessarily? Uh, Cause like, uh, we can understand like what you're saying about the labor force and everything, but culturally, like why would we try to stop illegal immigration if they're bringing all these things here? I think it's because, like, deep down, we actually know that they're not bringing the culture. Now, it's taken a long time for Republicans to actually convince uh, Latin Americans to start voting Republican because they've been on welfare. They've been supported by the Democrat. The Democrat Party has done such a great job pandering to them. It's taken Republicans forever to finally get them to start leaning right. In Florida, they've been able to do that with the Cubans because they fled communism. But in Mexico, they didn't really have that issue. Now, are we actually... I'm going to... Are we actually trying to stop them? I know there's a lot of talk about it, but they've not. I mean, the Republicans control the oh, House. No, and the like, Senate. My point is, is I think they know that people don't like it mm-hmm. and they get out and make good TV and audio clips to get reelected, but they mm-hmm. don't actually want to stop it mm-hmm. because they could. Mm-hmm. The same argument about abortion could be used about the border wall mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. Okay. If they really didn't want abortion, they could have passed legislation. They could have codified it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So my, I, I they don't what they want the wedge issue of abortion and we want the wedge issue of immigration, but we mm-hmm. don't actually want it solved because mm-hmm. it actually provides a need. That, that's my, I would say that's probably more so the Republican establishment than it is like the broader conservative movement. But I, I, I do understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, I definitely see the point. Um, oh, and I'm pretty right. I mean, I'm libertarian, which mm-hmm. I kind of don't, care as much about borders this is yeah. it goes back to i don't yeah. think it it matters well, we can have a whole other discussion yeah on but that but point. i find it i do <laughs> think we need to know who is and isn't in here mm-hmm. and i do think that if you are in here you need to be contributing to the benefits you receive mm-hmm. and i do think like i said if you're competing for labor it needs to be on a level playing field and it's mm-hmm. not a level playing field if you're able to give so and so lesser cash mm-hmm. than you are be able to pay liam you mm-hmm. well not only that but it's not just the fact that they're able they've got a competitive advantage in that they're not on the books but it's also that they have a culture like where they're willing to accept less money to like because they could live what's considered what might be considered an impoverished life here in america but would essentially be living like a king they'd be living like a king in mexico so you have that issue as well and i think that's something that kind of gets glossed over a little bit but i think like to your point about the labor force this would take a while to implement and I, I think there are a lot of problems that conservatives actually need to address that are so like multifaceted. Like it essential it would be a miracle if we could get all of it done like when we needed it to. But even if we didn't, we should still strive for it. Um, and like one of the issues is like our birth rates are declining. We're oh yeah, at, we're at like one point seven children, I believe. The first time, um, the first time in a long time, I think I was listening to uh, Victor Davis Hanson, Victor Davis Hanson talking yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, 
you know, I'm married to an immigrant. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went through the legal process mm-hmm. and we had a heck right. of a hard time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not sympathetic for illegal immigrants. I think mm-hmm. that they should go through the process, mm-hmm. but I am sympathetic. I don't, I don't buy into the fact that every single one of them is a rotten person no, and bringing it back. It's not even yeah, saying I th- that. It's I just, just more think, so that. I think that there needs to be rules, yeah. which there are. Mm-hmm. They need to be followed. I just, you know, and I, but I agree with what you're saying. I just don't in my crystal ball. Mm-hmm see a clean severing mm-hmm. other than just walls suddenly built mm-hmm. the gravy trains over mm-hmm. but it's a announcement not prior to it's an announcement when it's done mm-hmm. so that you're not incentivizing you're not doing a joe biden mm-hmm. coming in saying yeah we don't care about you know what i mean yeah. it, 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 yeah. it, because if you made an announcement today that said everybody's in agreement on sam denning's policy mm-hmm we all think it's smart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it appeases people on the left. It's a true, quote, compromise, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting our amnesty for everybody behind the wall. Let's announce it. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's tell them that that wall, you know, we're, it's going to be built by Americans, American mm-hmm. made, and it'll be done on January the 20th, 2026. Mm-hmm. I, no, mm-hmm. because then every single person that ever wanted to come in the United States is going to come. Yeah. Between now and then, like, no, in my dream world, mm-hmm. nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the news organizations, and here's here I'm talking about censoring, but if the news organizations get drone footage and aerial footage of walls being built, you know, we just, we, we ignore it. Well, it don't, it don't, you don't you don't mention it. Well, they've uh, done such a good job just like covering <laughs> up things that are like we've lately we're just like that looks a little suspicious, guys. Like, is that right that you've got like some secret weapon that looks like it's an alien spaceship? They're like, no. And then we just like we just drop it. Well, and so the stuff that I do totally agree with you on on the values that mm-hmm. if you come here, you, you know there is a, and I get the whole point of it's a free country in America and everybody should be able to express what they want. But we also did do have an established Judeo Christian foundation, mm-hmm. and the stuff that bothers me is people coming in suddenly saying it offends them that you're praying in church now you can no longer pray that kind of stuff mm-hmm. bothers me. Right. And like we are a free country. If you don't like that, 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 that person's praying in that school, go to a different school. There, there, there's nobody right preventing. That's why it's free. Like if you don't like that, uh, West Virginia doesn't allow abortions, you've got feet, mm-hmm. go to another state or better yet. If we can get the whole, uh, anti-abortion laws passed on a federal level, which would be great at some point, um, you know, maybe move to a different country because then we then we have the problem. Not only are they not occupying our states, but they can just go to Canada and uh, you know, like now the downside is they might get euthanized. I don't want anybody to die, but at the same time, you know, it, like all that. Like on a serious note, though, like I understand what you're saying, and I like respectfully I disagree, just because like I am inherently like more conservative because I think that the nation isn't so much like an idea as it is a distinct identity, um, but. Yeah, see, yeah. that's where you and I, because I think I'm very conservative. I'm so mm-hmm. conservative, I don't even view the border. Like, I'm libertarian. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't, I, I, this debate I've had, though, not only with you, mm-hmm. um, I do see the need for borders. But I mm-hmm. think this is a good disagreement, because we're yeah. having a good conversation. You've got mm-hmm. some solutions I hadn't thought of paying mm-hmm. people. I don't have a problem with that either. Mm-hmm. But if this is where someone wants to live, I don't see a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But like they should have gone through the process. 
It's I, not necessarily their fault that they were able to just walk through. Right. You see what I mean? Yeah. So like, it's I like, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's also, but I think it's also like a broader issue of not so much like if whoever wants to come can and should, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it's whoever is willing to become, to sever, to do what it takes. Well, not only that, but just become like to become American, because I think like th this is something that like people on the left say that we don't have a culture or whatever. It's like, well, we did before you guys kind of came in and ruined it. Um, Thank you, liberalism. Very cool. Uh, but but, in, but on a serious note, it's just like we we did have a culture for a while. And like to a large part, like where you discussion, like where we were discussing national identity, a large part of that was the, you know, you were like this was a Christian nation. And like we, you can look back at the uh, like we had anti-blasphemy laws for a long time. Like you couldn't say things that were blasphemous about God. Like they were very like we had a very distinct and unique culture. Um and so my problem is with illegal immigration, not so much that, you know, like I understand that there are a lot of great illegal immigrants. Like there are a lot of, like they might be great people like as individuals. I'm not trying to call that into question. I think if we're trying to look at it as like, oh, like they're all just terrible. It's like, no, it's like there are probably like, I would be willing to argue that there are a lot more terrible people who are, who are born American citizens <laughs> than there were illegal immigrants. Like all I have to do is go look on Marshall's campus. And yeah, just drive down Sixth Avenue. Theory. Yeah, that'd prove my theory. But like, it's more so the fact that you know I have a problem with the changing of the culture, the cultural national identity, and this isn't like an ethnicity thing. Like, you can be Hispanic or Black or Asian or whatever and be an American because you have joined. You have joined yourself well, to our I culture. I think our culture is, and I know I'm cutting you off, but I think our culture is freedom. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I think people have forgotten what the definition of freedom is. Mm -hmm. um, we were built on the idea of, you you know, well, let me ask you this. This is kind of nailing you to the cross here, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. But would you be bothered if we didn't have a Christian president? I Yes, absolutely. Do I you think be. that that matters? Oh, I definitely think it okay. does. Yeah. So, I think that the values that, that would bother me, like if they didn't have decent values, mm -hmm. I think that would bother me. I think it would bother me if they thought it, that abortion was okay. That would mm -hmm. bother me. So mm -hmm. it basically it might bother me, but I'm going somewhere else with this. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, that doesn't matter so much to me is that that person values people's individual freedom. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that they have the freedom to go in and teach my children, mm -hmm. you know, something I don't think they mm -hmm. should. It just means that, you believe that there shouldn't be someone else dictating how you can live your life. Mm -hmm. Now, can there be little mini cultural uh, things, you know, in your school or in your town or, or whatever, that there's rules? Why This is why I like the whole idea of states' rights and local rights. Like, I don't agree with abortion, mm -hmm. but if I live in an area where I'm the minority view, I can either move. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to do a crusade. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like there is freedom. If you want to go kill your baby and, and, and go to hell or whatever, and I'm not saying everybody that, I mean, people can repent mm -hmm. from anything. So I don't want to like be on here saying if you've had an abortion, you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. But my point is you can move. Mm -hmm. You have that freedom. Mm -hmm. What you don't have the freedom to do. So I want somebody that allows people to have their freedom. They, they really know what freedom means. Mm -hmm. Freedom doesn't mean that you have, that, that I have to agree Mm -hmm. with your beliefs on abortion and they have to agree with mine. Mm -hmm. You can go live in another state where the people of that state have like-minded opinions. That's how we were designed. Mm 
mm-hmm. 50 different experiments. Mm-hmm. There should be no unified this is my, there isn't, like humans cannot live in a, in a unified, everybody seeing everything the same way. It doesn't work. That's communism. That's Nazi. That's fascism. Mm-hmm. That's, you end up with death that right. way. Right. So I like the idea of having 50 states and those states mm-hmm. can pass laws, whether I like the laws or not, mm-hmm. I can move. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the cultures of those states. So like, I don't see necessarily, like I see that there are, you know, if you live in the Bible belt, Mm-hmm. And that area is deeply, deeply Christian. Mm-hmm. That's great. But if there happens to be some little hub mm-hmm. over somewhere that's deeply Muslim, mm-hmm. great. But I don't think that hub of deeply Muslim people should be telling the people that are deeply Christian how they should be. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I so, like, that's saying. where I'm at. Like, right. be free. Let people do what they do. But that also includes, mm-hmm. you know, that's why stuff's supposed to be chopped into smaller pieces when it comes mm-hmm. to authority. And right. that's the whole point of Lord of the Rings. The ring mm-hmm. represents ultimate th- ultimate power. And the reason that it was made into one ring is because it could only be worn by one person. And that, that the power to rule over people should never be in the hands of one. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and it, it applies to like the federal government. It should not mm-hmm. be in the hands of, that's why I love this Roe v. Wade ruling because mm-hmm. it was absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And Thomas Massey, who's the uh, congressman for Ashland or not that Kentucky, you know who I'm talking about? Thomas Massey. He said in a, in a, in a uh, documentary I watched one time and I know we're getting into the weeds, but I love talking about this Mm -hmm. stuff. But he said, you know, this is a congressman. The guy works, Mm -hmm. you know, he's working on his people's behalf in the central federal Mm -hmm. government. Mm -hmm. But he said that the, uh, the least important decisions in your life that should matter the least Mm-hmm. should be coming from the federal government. Right. And then the next least important should be the state government. Mm-hmm. And then the next least your county, and then your city, yeah. and the most important decisions that should affect your life come in your home. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I kind of uh, speak to that point a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I understand what you're saying, like, where, you know, like, conceptually the idea of, you know, allowing people to go to a different state where they, like, allow, like, what you want. I understand, like, the thought process behind that. Where I would argue is that, for a long time, the reason that we're seeing such division right now is more so because like we're seeing that fracturing like within the states. And for the longest time, we actually had national unity. That's very different from, hey, everybody thinks the same way. There are definitely people that disagreed on things, and that's okay. Like, I'm not saying everybody has to agree with Liam Gu, although I think that you'd be better <laughs> off for it. No, you would. I mean, I agree with you. So yeah. here, I do 100% but, agree. But uh, like to kind of like go off of that, though, there was the idea of like there are some issues that like we just can't like we have to agree on like absolutely like one for first for probably 200 years the big issue was abortion close to 200 years like if you did not like every single state had abortion outlawed and there's a reason for that because like if suddenly like california allowed murder um that'd be a big issue like there are some things like where we do just have to say like hey um this is like not okay. (laughs) Can we not like, can we maybe not kill babies like on a national level? Um, And I do think that while there's, it's okay to have differentiation among the States uh, to like, it's like, I don't want to say like a small degree, a degree that's not going to impact like the actual morality of the state or the government or whatever. I think that's fine. Like, cause like if I like theoretically, if I were uh, talking to a Joe Manchin Democrat right now, 
it would be okay for us. Like if we disagreed on like economics and things like that and like what the state's role is and like supporting people and things like that, I'd be like, okay, let's have that discussion. Cause I think that's okay. But if we were to talk, like if I were to talk with a radical communist, I don't think that they're like, you can't have the two people in there, like in that room. I don't think it's the conversation would be civilized for very long, at least on their end. I'm going to be fine. Cause I like, you know, even though I hate communism, I think that it's, you know, probably one of the worst things ever devised aside from, you know, like liberalism is more so like what started communism. So we can go say that's even worse, but on like a, like on a serious note, just, uh, I think the problem is, is that when we have this notion that we can survive as like this fractured society, it's very difficult in my mind to make that argument because we've seen where it's gotten us because now California is trying to influence. And this is, this is the fundamental issue with liberal, like with the left, with the communists, with the socialists, they are not content. Like conservatives will be like, Hey, like just leave us alone and we'll be fine. Like in that, like, I don't think it's inherently a bad thing. Like I could, like if my neighbors like, you know, mowing his grass a different way, I'm not going to go ream him for it because that's something <laughs> stupid. It's his yard. It's his yard. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, like, if, you know, like, states like California and New York, they're not content to just be contained in their little states. They're like, hey, we actually have to, like, take over the entire country. And so conservatives, because I think, like, we have this kind of we'll view of cultural relativism where we cannot make an absolute claim to morality. And I'm not saying, like, oh, only the Baptists can make the absolute claim to morality or only the Catholics or whatever. It's just, like, there's this understanding that the Christian values were the absolute morality for a long time. And that's why things worked. Um, and that's why we're seeing the decline now because, like, as like ever since, I believe, the 1950s and they, or 60s. They are still... They're okay. still Look at the NFL game last night. Yeah. You get somebody that nearly dies, maybe ultimately does die. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Falling I, on the field. Yeah, and that. they all get in the center of the field and pray. Right. What does that tell me? Mm-hmm. That the fundamental values are still mm-hmm. deeply well, Christianity, but people are too scared to outwardly say it because the small minority mm-hmm. of people. Well, I think the problem is, though, like, if you look at it from a statistical perspective. Um, oh, yeah, it's been like, declining. It's been declining. In church attendance and, and what people say to people about yeah. what they believe. But mm-hmm. but I think that when it comes to it and people mm-hmm. watch how short life is, they're going to choose that they believe in higher power. Mm-hmm. And, and it's almost always, at least in the U.S., still mm-hmm. going to be God. Right. When, uh, you, when, the, when, the, when the rubber hits the road. Mm-hmm. Now, not when some random phone call caller calls you and asks you what you believe in. Mm-hmm. And this is my point. Mm-hmm. People always will turn back to God, mm-hmm. at least in the U.S. They might turn to Allah or something, Some, but the vast mm-hmm. majority, even these people that are telling the Pew Research phone caller mm-hmm. that tell them, I don't believe in God, mm-hmm. they will be on their knees praying mm-hmm. about Someone, if they're suddenly struck by lightning or a car, I mean, they, they, I would say nine out of 10 Americans still will. That's probably where I disagree a little bit because like, I think all, like if you look at the, like there are probably people who would have, I think there are a significant degree of people who probably would have deathbed conversions. I'm not saying that that can't happen, but I think, oh, I'm not saying that yeah. they're going to say that uh, I believe in Jesus Christ. Well, I'm, like, I'm just I, saying I mean, that yeah. they're, they're moral, yeah. they're moral. Mm-hmm backbone will still be mm-hmm. it isn't me mm-hmm. it is somebody else and that person they'll probably choose will be god now whether they're gonna sit there and, but my point is is that people will be praying mm-hmm. that say 
that say outwardly to people that are part of these numbers that we're getting mm-hmm. that say that pe- belief in God is declining. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to suddenly jump and rush to become a member of a church or right, do right. a deathbed confession. But my point is they're going to lean on to God. <laughs> they're going to, mm-hmm. when it, when the rubber hits the road, mm-hmm. they're not going to watch that happen and just go, I'm just going to go uh, get in the car and listen to Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. I think the, they're going to say a prayer, I but they say, won't tell you that they did. I would say more in my, like, if I were to take a look at that, my guess would probably be as opposed to like somebody, like they just all decide like independently, like, Hey, let's like go pray. My guess is that there's somebody on that team who's a believer and led them in prayer. And that's, that's why I think it's so powerful for us. Like, even though like we might technically be a minority now, we can still have that influence and we still need to exert that. And so I think, uh, just as, um, Christians, we, and if you didn't have some seed, why would you, why would you pray? I think it's you know also what I mean? like, I think a lot of people are agnostic, but there's also, when I talk about Christian values and things like that, I think like specifically like Christians and not saying like you like can't be Jewish and have agreements with like Christian values and things like that, or Muslim and have agreement with Christian values. You certainly can. I just think it's uh, like when you look at it from a practical perspective, the people that are going to agree with us most are probably the people who agree with us in the most fundamental thing, that being God. Um, and so that's kind of where I see like the traditional American society for the longest time. And like we talked about this was Christian. Um, now whether or not we want to talk about whether they were genuinely saved or things like that, we could have that discussion. I don't think you can really even judge somebody on that to begin with. However, what I would say is that we have this, uh, I would say kind of, I I think we kind of have this like toleration basically of like, you know, just, you can be like not Christian and still have Christian values. It's like, I don't think you really can. Cause I don't think you fundamentally understand like the importance of what Christian values are, because I think the Christian concept of freedom is so very different from what the radicals proposed, like with the enlightenment and everything, which was this concept of you just do whatever you want, man. Like, you know, like to a degree, like obviously like that there's like real freedom and like being able to make choices that benefit you. But that's the difference. That's the distinction. I think that, uh, conservative like Christian freedom uh, has with other uh, perceived forms of freedom, which is that your freedom is not so much in the fact that you can just make a decision, but it's more so about the fact that you can do what God has called you to do in the manner that you believe he's leading you to. Um, and that's kind of like one of the reasons I really think, you know, the Protestant Reformation was a great thing because it was like, hey, we have like these fundamental disagree or like we have, I don't want to say fundamental, we have these minor disagreements, but we agree on the big stuff. So if we go to a different church, it's okay. Like if I'm Methodist and you're Baptist, it's like, yeah, like I disagree on the method of baptism or communion or whatever, but you know, I still agree with you on the fact that, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord. God exists eternally as three persons who are co-equal and co-eternal, um, like things like that. Like those are the important things that we have to kind of get out of the way. And I think that's like one of the things that the, the problem with Americans now in American society is that we just have this idea that everybody can just, you know, like they can have all the, they can have their cake and eat it too, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I'm, exactly what i'm saying mm-hmm. is that these people are people that are having their cake and eating it too yeah they're they're being polled mm-hmm. i mean this is like hypothetical i don't know if anybody on that football field was polled yeah. as one of the people that's showing that but they're having their cake and eating it too they're going to outwardly yeah. claim that they're not a christian but they're going to pray to some higher being on mm-hmm. someone's behalf right like i think when it comes to it 
Mm-hmm. They're perfectly okay to do that mm-hmm. because deep down inside, mm-hmm. there is a seed mm-hmm. that they believe mm-hmm. that they aren't the final answer. Do you see what I'm to, saying? To a degree. Yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying I, I don't there. think that they honestly believe mm-hmm. there isn't some higher power. Mm-hmm. Now, whether they've actually said that's God, mm-hmm. you know, the Christian God, no, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I would like to believe. I'm giving it a high number, nine out of ten. I'd like to believe. <laughs> yeah. it's high. Uh, you, you bring it I'd down like a little bit lower. papers for your Yeah, I'd like to see. Yeah, give me your, uh, I'd like to see. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to see your receipt, like, like I said, I'd like to see where you bought your Bible yeah. and what version it was. I need to get, I need <laughs> to get that documentation <laughs> yeah. that they kept. Is it King James? Or, yeah. Um, but I, I, think, uh, I think, too, back mm-hmm. to your thing about the states, there's a lot of truth in what you say, but I think we're get, we're becoming more divided now, not because the states are more divided. I think the states have always been divided. I think the reason we're more because we have been centralizing more of the decisions and taking them away from the states. We never realized how divided the states were because it didn't matter. There was nobody up higher going, no, you need to do this, this, and this. I think there was that. There has been that for a long time. And you saw this uh, debate like with the Federalists and the uh, Democratic Republicans at the founding of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's always been something that's there, but it wasn't as much of an issue. I, to a degree, I do I do agree with you. Because, because like, they're getting the issues that they're debating now mm-hmm. are going directly into the houses of people. Right. That's the difference. Right. It's and not I, back I then they weren't debating about whether or not we were allowed to teach your kids like the department of education Mm -hmm. that should not be a federal well the thing is it's like (laughs) like what you're talking about though is like i think that's part of the issue i definitely think the federal government is blood it shouldn't be making nearly as many decisions as it is ideally like my government like if i were king for a day probably the government would probably spend like 600 billion dollars a year if anything you know king for a day king liam he bans abortion epic if i were king for a day we would spend and i I don't know why but i just was watching something on fox news uh the other night about a 25 million or 20 million dollar heated sidewalk in new hampshire or something i would would do if i were king for a day i'd have a heated road out here on four out here where i live Mm -hmm. be quiet about where i live and uh i'm I'm joking yeah yeah Yeah, the budget (laughs) the budget so corrupts and absolutely and that's the point and here here i go on again about the Lord of the Rings. That's one of the. Mo- that's probably my. Have you ever read it? Oh, I've watched. It's one of my favorite. I uh, think that the the, the messaging mm-hmm. is Tolkien was a genius. Mm-hmm. He was thinking about the same things we're thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the same division going on then. It just wasn't quite as prevalent because they didn't have the means of communicating it. And I mean, if we think we're seeing something new right now. Or not. Well, I mean, Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the Yeah, and, 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 and my thing, my ultimate thing is, do I want everybody to believe? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But do I, this is my big kicker. Do I feel I have the right to force people? No. Right. I want um, them to come to it on their own. And if they don't, you know, if they want to go and pass some law in their state saying this or that, what I, I hope, and I will pray for them, and I hope that they don't. And if I live in that state, if I have the means, I'll move. And I will obviously keep voting against it, right? But I mean, I think it gets in the it gets in the weeds. I think that I think that the division is because more and more things are coming from top. It's not divided because they're more divided. They're more divided. It's okay if they're more divided. You know, I, I think that 
the thing we should be rallying around as a country is that each state can have their own sets of rules. That is what should be uniting us, that freedom, that there is allowed to be 50 experiments. That should be what what unites us as a country, that we are allowed to do that. And you have choices here in the United States. You're not just going, it's not China. You don't go there and it's a one-size-fits-all, and if you don't fit into it, sorry. Right, and I'm not saying That's that. what we should be fighting for, and that's why I think we should have a border. Like, I'm totally... The, the disagreement on the border is how do you implement fix it? Fix. Yeah. Pro- I mean, there's right. an obvious problem. And my fix to it is just to just say, screw it. Yeah. Like, just, you made it. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, if you want to leave, here's a ticket to get out. We'd love it. Uh, if you want to stay, uh, here's an SSN and yeah. start paying your freaking way. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, like, I understand what you're saying. And I'm not definitely not. We've not beat saying, this to death. <laughs> we have. We have. We're gonna, I love it, though, Liam. We're not we're, making any. I mean, it. We're gonna have the ultimate conservatism versus libertarian debate. We're gonna we're do, gonna do. Have I sound least, like a libertarian to you? Oh, yeah, a little I'm bit. A, like, you know, a, like I have some disagreements with you, but and I understand what you're saying. Like I was I, for a while, I was I probably would have considered myself a libertarian, um, but I kind of I started like doing my own research and started like hearing perspectives of more traditional conservatives, and that's kind of like where I here's where I deviate from hardcore libertarianism. Mm-hmm is I still engage in the political system mm-hmm. and I still vote conservative mm-hmm. because that's the means to an ends for me. They have a lot more values in common with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how I'm going to, I'm not going to sit out right and just let the chips mm-hmm. fall where they lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I do agree a lot with, you know, a lot of what Trump did and, and th- this will segue. We've killed everything that we were planning on talking about. I mean, done a good job hitting it, but on the Trump, do you mind if I hit that one last point oh, though, before we move yes, on? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I'm good at cutting people off. No, you're good, man. You're good. I, I'm not angry about it. It's not a communist cutting me off, at least, you know. But uh, like to kind of like address your point, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> My hatred for communism is oh, so dude, intense. Me too. Listen, listen. Have you ever heard of Doom? That game? That oh yeah, game? oh yeah. Play where it. He, like, listen. If uh, if the demons in that game could be a concept, it would be communism. I'd just be slaying them. I'd be slaying. It's communism. the ultimate form of evil. Right, honestly well, and I've, I've explained my wife is from a ch- communist country mm-hmm. it, they don't allow for any individual i mean that that, mm-hmm. that no individual rights no individual freedom they mm-hmm. don't view you as your own independent person and i'm sorry mm-hmm. i believe in a god mm-hmm. the god mm-hmm. and i don't think he allowed me to be born on this earth to be under the boot mm-hmm. of anybody right um but kind of like to my point, though, like yeah, aside from right. the, we can do the communism hatred episode. So <laughs> communism bashing, <laughs> just communism bashing. Like if we just read off memes of, you know, hating communism. But like to your point, like I definitely think that, uh, you know, I don't think we need to have this idea of like one size fits all. I do think the states are an important thing. Um, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that they aren't important. Like when I'm talking about this stuff, but when it comes to like a national Christian identity, and this is something I will stand by, I can never force somebody to become a Christian. I would never want to do that because that ultimately is a decision between you and God, whether or not you want to be uh, repent and believe that's up to you. I can't force you to that. I will do my best to encourage that. And but I do think it is a duty to not only encourage that, but to foster an environment where that can be more common. And I think the problem is, and you saw this like in the Soviet states as well, they had this issue where like people did not go to the churches because they were so obsessed with their themselves and about the state and about the like what they could do to benefit themselves. And so I think as a nation, we need to kind of come together and realize like, hey, there is a point where we have to say, this is the, where the line's drawn. 
Now, we can have disagreements about our tax rates and about how we want to do some civic government and things like that. How do we want to pay for roads and things like that? That's okay. Those are like yeah. honestly debatable issues. Those are all, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when it comes to things like abortion, that's kind of like where my line is like, listen, this is literal child murder. I would, if I could wage a war right now on something, it would be abortion. I would literally, like, if the, like, and you think, like, the church throughout history, if you, you would die me, on that cross. I would die on that cross. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, I, before that, I would die on, you know, the cross of Christ, I would hope, you know, but just when it comes to, uh, like, when it comes to the Protestant or the, um, like, if you were to look at, talk to, like, Martin Luther or anybody like that, they would be repulsed by the idea that we've aborted 70 million babies in this country since Roe v. Wade has been, uh, or had been allowed. But, like, when it, I think that there's a point, like, where we have to say, okay, the states do have a degree of independence, and that's fine. That's good. I think that is a good system. But we also have to recognize that there is a federal government that should say, hey, guys, like, we're going to leave a lot of those decisions up to you all. But there are some things, like, where we need to say, okay. Um, some bumpers. Yeah. Like, and that's, like, I think that's a good thing. And I think that's also good because, like, even though. But like, I'm sorry, but a, we can't allow you to kill your baby right like, right exactly yeah, like it, like, I, like i'm not trying to say i'm not saying that we should the federal government should force people to become christians by any stretch that, <laughs> then their argument is it's not a baby yet oh yeah. well, then what is it right exactly it's like is it going to be an elephant right well what, and, uh, and here's the thing they're like it's a cluster of cells it's like uh, well i would say I, that your brain you know, is a cluster what, of cells but what i don't think I do, you have one and I, i'm, <laughs> I'm going to say this on here and i um i get your point yeah so um, this has been a fantastic conversation, by the I way. I'm glad that, I had you yeah. on here. You know, we got a little bit about, but I love having this uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. And I always am uh, the type of person that tries to, and you can probably tell by listening to me, mm-hmm. I try to be middle of the road because I'm mm-hmm. trying to ultimately mm-hmm. convert people to my way of thinking, which is a lot more in line with you than what you think. Yeah. But yeah. it's hard to get people there. So I pride myself somewhat on Mm-hmm. trying to not think that I'm just ramming something down someone's throat because yeah. I'm a Christian. So like I brought up to at a family reunion this summer about abortion. And I said, you know, that one of the people said that is just a diehard Christian. You know, it's been pushed by the Christians in this country and yada, yada, yada. And I said, well, I don't think they're necessarily mutually exclusive or whatever, mutually inclusive. I, yes. If you're a Christian, you should not agree with abortion. Mm-hmm. Right, you right, you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that that is not the only people. Like this has mm-hmm. been a debated issue, and this is where I suck people. And this has been a debated issue mm-hmm. since before Christ was even born and died. Mm-hmm. People have debated, and people have argued, and people have fought over over this issue. There have been people that have been okay with it, and there have been people that have not been okay with it. You could go to the jungle. Mm-hmm. You go to China mm-hmm. where they don't allow Christianity mm-hmm. and you could go pull a hundred people out of the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. in China and say, do you think it's okay to kill the bet? No, mm-hmm. that is sacred. Mm-hmm. You might get some people that say, yes, it is. Yes, it is a Christian belief, but it is fundamentally yeah. a human. Right. Well, I, think that's <laughs> I mean, it has like- been going on since you could, since Christianity even existed. You can look at that. And I think that's because like it talks. She disagreed about- with me. <laughs> okay well 
Paul talks about the law being written on our hearts. It certainly has been. Bingo. And but not only that, like, and here's something I would say to the pro-abortionists: like, listen, if you seriously think that this is a good idea, whether or not you believe in a higher power, okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call out something, and you can tell me what you think of this. Let's look at the the Phoenicians. What happened to them? Wiped out. What happened to the Canaanites? Gone. What happened to the Carthaginians? They got um, demolished by Rome. The base Cato, the elder, said. Every time after a Senate speech, Carthage must be destroyed. wasn't particularly for the child sacrifice issue, but I think God used them as divine judgment. Let's also look at the Maya culture. Destroyed. Let's look at the Aztec Empire. Destroyed. Like, all these civilizations that allowed child sacrifice or human sacrifice or anything like that were annihilated. And I don't, like, if you want to say that's just blind luck that that happened. Oh, just coincidence. Yeah. No, if you no. want to say that's blind luck or religious intolerance or whatever, you can say that. But the thing is, whether or not you want to admit it, deeply in the human nature, there's this understanding of the value of the person given to them by God. And so if you try to take that away from them and sacrifice them to what I believe are quite literally demons, um, people aren't going to tolerate that your society will not last for very long. And you see this like with the third world countries, they're like, they still want to come to America. But if you told them that we aborted 70 million babies, they'd probably be like, what do you want to know? In my opinion, what the general sacrificing of the unborn is for now, it isn't some sort of Mayan God or Aztec. It's for, it's for the God of self. It's for the God of self. And that's, like, it is for the ability to not have to deal with it. Do you, you want? Do you mind if I, or would you want to talk about the liberalism issue real quick before we get to the Trump DeSantis thing? Yeah, because we, I'd like to not push much more than yeah. thirty more minutes because I need right. to go buy some toilets. Right. <laughs> but uh, yes, absolutely. And then we'll hit for about twenty twenty five minutes a okay, little bit cool, about Trump DeSantis. Cool. So the I fundamentally have an issue with liberalism, um, and you, you saw this with the Enlightenment historically within the uh, like. I'm not saying the Enlightenment didn't do some things okay. Like, thank you for, I guess, the revitalization of the concept of the Republic, I guess. But, like, other than that, like, there was this uh, under, or this obsession with the concept of, like, the blank slate. Like, you saw this with John Locke, that people are just made the same, and any difference between them is because of, like, society or whatever. And my belief is, and, like, not only that, but also that man is his own God. And I have a very large issue with that. My God is the God who made me, the one who made the entire universe. He's the Yahweh. God who saves. Base, yeah. base. Um, <laughs> but like on a, but like when we're talking about this, uh, like the problem with liberalism is that like the very roots of liberalism were founded in the enlightenment. And you can look back because like John Locke and this whole blank slate concept, like he's like, everybody's the same. It's like, He's not talking about moral value. Christians have always understood that the moral value of a person, and people say, well, what about the slave empire? Well, here's the thing. You know, the Muslims started the slave trade. Whether or not you want to admit that, we might get canceled over this here, uh, Sam. <laughs> I thought we got canceled earlier. Ah, uh, well, you know, at this point, they have they probably labeled me at, like, white nationalist. Well, that's what I was going to say, like white Christian person. nationalist. You've hit all those already. Well, We're on I a list. White, I am Christian. I am a nationalist, but I'm not, like, a white Christian nationalist. It's like, there's a very, it's not the hyphenated thing, <laughs> but, like, anyway. That's why I mentioned stuff about, you know, the border and all that, and I try to be more in the middle so that maybe there's a gray area 
on the list for me. Right. Well, I should, I, <laughs> I, I've just learned that they're going to call me racist, even though I'm like, well, like guy, I said I earlier, love like, black people more than you do. I, I love the entirety of humanity more than you do, because at least I'm willing to say, Hey, you know, I love the Lord Jesus Christ. He saved me from my sins. I want to share that gospel with you. They'll be like, no, you, you have to tell them that their beliefs are just as valid as yours. It's like, actually, um, I believe in the one true God, uh, deal with it. <laughs> but, but like when we're talking about like the John Locke thing, I have this issue with the concept that everybody is created the same, not that they're created equal in terms of their value, their moral dignity and worth in the eyes of God, but rather that we are uh, made the same. It's because then it's this idea that people should just be the same regardless of, you know, where they are. You should have the same intelligence. You should have the same, you know, strength or whatever. And we see that this is demonstrably false. People aren't born the exact same human beings. If that were the case, everybody would look the same. And that sounds kind of like a dumb argument, I guess. But my point being is that the left, if you like, as you've probably noticed, is obsessed with the term equity. Now people get the same outcome. And that's, that is a communist idea, but it's the idea that people are made the same, so they're owed the same thing. And so ultimately I have this issue with it because I am not as intelligent as some of these neurosurgeons. That's okay. Not everybody, like, I guarantee you there are going to be things that if I hone my skills over time, there are going to be things that they that I can do that they certainly can't. I don't know whether or not a neurosurgeon can change oil, but I can. <laughs> you know what I mean? And... Like, that's the thing. Like, the left is so obsessed with people being the same. And you see this, like, in the relationship between man and woman, the egalitarian view that men and women are the same, but they're not. This is a, It's a beautiful thing that they aren't because women ha can do things that men can't and men can do things that women can't. That's fine. That's okay. That's good. That's natural. That's beautiful. That's how God made things. And now we have this because of the, That's blasphemy. It's blasphemy to them. And it's like, well, because you've made yourself your own God and you don't even appreciate the natural order of things. Yeah, there so, is a natural hierarchy, as Jordan Peterson constantly talks about. Putting Jordan Peterson on the Sam Denning show. Oh, Let's go. man, I... Like I said, I mean, I might sound... I'm, I'm, I'm just more libertarian yeah i don't the, rally the troops around so much yeah. more of it but i'll get you i'll get you on the conserve the you know conservative bandwagon but oh trust me you'll get my vote <laughs> <laughs> okay Sweet, I, I may I not it. ever totally i started out more like you and i yeah. went down this way yeah up this way i don't sideways yeah. who knows here i am mm -hmm. but um i i love all the points that you're making I think a lot of the issue that we're dealing with in this country as well, and, and it's all over the world too, is the lack of knowledge and the lack mm -hmm. of history and the lack of context and the lack mm -hmm. of education. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of people have no idea who John Locke is. Mm -hmm. is that, they're just being spoon fed this stuff on TV, on mm -hmm. YouTube, in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I, they don't know why. Mm -hmm. They don't even, they're not, they're not asked to qu question anything. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what you were told. Like, yeah, you know, this is, um, but for some odd reason, we're not allowed to tell people that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. That's weird. Can't tell them that, right. but you can tell you, them that they can be 78 
different genders. Not only that's that, okay. But that even, can be state sponsored. Even worse than uh, that, you can literally tell somebody about Satan and Satanism, but we don't worship Satan, so it's like it's not like a it's not like a yeah. Religion. I keep it's going like, down this route because it's, it's like, so ludicrous. It's like uh, yeah, but man, if there were if there were anything to make me wish for a monarchy, it'd be you know the concept of allowing Satanism. You know, listen, we we made a big we made we made a big mistake, guys. Let's kind of let's walk this back a little bit. Let's say hey, I have been led by a f- really good friend of mine down the path of that a monarchy really wasn't so bad of Real. a way to be. That is so true. Uh, because everybody actually had a, a stake in it. Like, you know, yeah. the, the, the king owned everything, but then they allowed other people to own stuff and everybody, I mean, like, it wasn't as bad as people make it out to be. Right. People now, when they're cutting people's heads off, that's pretty bad. Right. But, but like, generally speaking, yeah. we're not really in much different of a situation right now, but it's actually, you know, more... more death occurred under the totalitarian, communist, and liberal states. Like, you look at the <clears throat> French Revolution, that was one of the worst things ever. I hate the French Revolution. You can quote Liam on that. I hate the French Revolution. <laughs> well, here, here's a lot of things that I tell people, mm-hmm. and this is why I'm not so super, like, Mm-hmm. hardcore cons- uh, Republican, I guess, but like, it's not the issues that we deal with aren't a right left thing. Well, they are, but they're right left mm-hmm. per se. It's more top bottom. I think, uh, uh, when you look at the right left thing though, I would say it's more so like the reason that was that we get that dichotomy is actually from the French Revo- revolution, ironically enough, but the people who are trying to conserve the fr- traditional French society were the ones who were on the right side of the room and the left ones were the radical liberals. And so I do think it actually is a right-left issue in the concept that are we wanting to preserve our integrity and our national identity or are we wanting to cast it aside in favor of ourselves? And so I think that's like... I, I, do, I do understand what you're saying. Well, for me, I view it as in the pursuit of maintaining our freedom. Mm-hmm. It's not right-left. It's top-bottom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is an elite group of people mm-hmm. that want everybody else mm-hmm. doing their bidding and doing the things they tell them to do, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're right or left. Exactly. So we should all, especially in America, but all human beings should be in the pursuit of um, being free, I guess, mm-hmm. and um, being free to make wrong decisions and being free not to believe in God and going to hell. Uh, But I mean, like you should be free to do that. Right. Uh, Now this is back to something that you said earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I am one of those people that I, you know, I'm okay with other people having their beliefs. Like I can't remember what comment you said, but my thing is, is when they try to put that on me, no, I'm not okay Mm -hmm. with that. Like you can have Mm -hmm. your beliefs and all this and that and whatever, but like it it shouldn't, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of a, I agree with what you're saying. Like you can't, like I can't force you to become a Christian, but what I would say is that I can actually like as a Christian in this being a Christian nation, I believe that I can force my virtues or the national virtues that were, that were inherited. That's yeah. something I personally believe. Now, whether or not somebody disagrees with me at that, we could have that conversation. I know we and I don't, need to get going uh, talking about the DeSantis. Oh yeah. And that. I don't disagree with that mm-hmm. either, but we could, we've been in the weeds for about, 40 minutes now. right it's been fun it's actually. been a very esoteric conversation yeah I'm enjoying it, I'm enjoying it. Uh, yeah you're allowing me to release this right oh yeah i don't yeah, care good. You, okay. yeah if somebody if i get kicked off the committee that's their problem i don't care <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you'll be all right so here's a big here's a big uh last 20 minutes here it's telling me we've been talking for an hour and 40 minutes i know it's been a great conversation 
Yeah, I know. Uh, my phone keeps ringing, too. People will look back on, at this day and they'll be like, this is the start of Liam Gu's career, going on the rift, enlightenment within the divide. They're going to look back. <laughs> no, they're going to say it's the start of Sam Denning's career. Uh, he, his first uh, well-known guest. There, there we go. There we go. <laughs> no, my career, I'm already 40. There's no room left for me in the end. Well, you can always be a talk show host. Yeah, I don't have the voice for it. I don't uh, have. Well, I've heard that maybe I can do that. Maybe that's what I'll do. I can have you as a guest on one day. and be like, this will be. I mean, I've got some end. like quote air quote resources to do things yeah although it may not seem like it when you look around here but uh <laughs> i like to live in a place where my hillside's about to slip onto my garage anyway um but you and i've already talked about this and we wanted to hit it on this podcast yeah. and it is the trump desantis debate not really like debate but like what i guess it's a debate but whether who you think is a better fit because it seems like those are the two people mm -hmm. right now that people would would choose as the uh, person to be running in 2024. Mm -hmm. And I think you have said to me that you're a Trumper. Yes. And um, that I've said to you that I would like to see DeSantis, although I'm also a Trumper, but I mm -hmm. think he'll, my opinion is I think he'll lose. Like, mm -hmm. so here's where I'm down to, I want to win. Like I'm a libertarian. I want to win the, right. I want to get in there. And, but I do worry. Some of my worries are true that are probably some of yours. Mm-hmm that DeSantis might get in there and then get sucked in right. and be, and th there's no way to really know, although he has shown some signs of that being a possibility mm -hmm. on some things, but he's also, these are, I'm going to, I'll throw out my stuff and I'll let you throw out your Absolutely. stuff about DeSantis. My thing about DeSantis is he's done a really good job down in Florida, um, implementing his agenda, um, and being fairly combative in a Trump style way, so to mm -hmm. speak. He's very charismatic. He's young. <clears throat> but my big issue is they haven't built quite as big of a media case against him yet. Like Trump comes in with a tremendous amount of baggage already. He Trump already has a set number of people that we know that will never vote for him. Mm -hmm. Like Trump isn't going to gain mm -hmm. votes. DeSantis might. Mm -hmm. So I think Trump only has votes to lose. Mm-hmm. That's my whole spiel. Do I love Trump? Yes. Like, and I think, and here I've told one of my buddies, Steve, this. I think Trump started a major, major, major movement. Mm -hmm. And I love the movement. Mm -hmm. I just hope, in my opinion, I think in order for that movement to continue, mm -hmm. he might need to take a bow. Mm -hmm. It's very possible that he doesn't take a bow and his movement ends. Mm -hmm. And I don't want it to end. So... And you have to have faith that there are people that can carry that movement on. Right. If you don't have faith that you ha that there are people that can carry it on, then it will never survive anyway. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, to kind of address some of those points. <laughs> yeah, no, go yeah, for it. Yeah. I want you to. So I'll, I'll give you, like, I'll probably talk about why I don't think Ron DeSantis 17 is, minutes. Yeah, seven, I've got a whole 17 minutes. All right. No, no. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but in uh, when it comes to Ron DeSantis, I am not saying that he has done a terrible job or I don't think he would be a decent president. When it comes to the president part, I'm pretty unsure. But when it comes to the governor, I, he has done some good things, but it's been very, like, over, like, his uh, reputation has been very overinflated. And a lot of that, like, you can actually look at the Disney issue. Um, he said that he's going to remove their tax-exempt status or whatever for that special district that they have with Disney World and everything. Um then he got a little pushback in like a backroom meeting, and now he's considering backing off of that uh, entirely. Mind you, Disney is basically promoting like 
grooming at this point with all their like the amount of TV shows that they have with the whole homosexuality, transgender stuff, all that stuff is infiltrating their media. And so to, for DeSantis to bow out on that is a pretty big deal for me. But, uh, let me interject. Me too. I mean, yeah. I've made uh, that's yeah. That bothers me. Yeah. Okay. That is one of the things that you might convince. I mean, that's one of the issues where I said he's done some things that have made me like that bothers me. Like you right. either, you know, you have done something that was obviously for the will of the people and they loved it. Yeah. Stick with it. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. And then, but not only that, like the major issues that have been covered, like his, uh, anti-censorship or anti-big tech bill or whatever was basically just defining what a platform was. It didn't really give any uh, teeth like to the government to prosecute these companies that were censoring their state citizens, um, which I have a big issue with. It's like there's all this hype around it, and it really didn't do a whole lot. And then not only that, but when you look at, uh, what was it, the uh, like where you sent the migrant flights over to Martha's Vineyard or whatever, like, People lost their mind. They thought that was a great thing. It's like, for one, he should have just shipped them off like out of the country to begin with, in my humble opinion, you know, but not everybody wants to hear that. But in any case, in any case, um, as soon as he got pushback from that, he backed down too. And that wasn't even that big of a deal. But not only, like, then then we have too the much issue. money up in Martha's Vineyard and some of it's going into his pocket. I Ex- agree with you. Exactly. And then, like, we're talking about the money lying in DeSantis' pocket. He was supported by Trump. The reason that he won the governorship was because of Donald J. Trump. Whether or not the, the neocons and the establishment will admit this, Trump gave DeSantis that governorship. And Florida's better for it. I'm not denying that. But my problem is DeSantis, everybody that undermined Trump in his, in his time in office are lining up behind DeSantis in droves. And the reason is because they, and like one of the fundraisers, I can't, I think it might've been Jonah Goldberg or somebody, some big multi-billionaire who funds like the Republican establishment was like, hey, DeSantis is like, and he said this in an interview, this is like public record. I'd have to go back and find the argument. But he said that this is a chance for the uh, Republican establishment to blunt the vein of populism that started with Donald Trump. So if they get DeSantis in there, they realize that he's their guy. He's going to go in there and he's just going to be like Namby Pamby and he'll be like, oh, please don't come into our country. I, I don't, I wouldn't like that. And then what's going to end up happening is, you know, they're going to come into the country anyway. Who would have thought? Um, but then not only that, uh, like when it comes to like the Trump issue, I, I want to address some of that stuff. I, I see the, uh, dis, like the problem that you like have. And I, like, I definitely understand the perspective of that. That to me is yeah. the, the problem. That's yeah. like the problem. Cause there but, are some things about DeSantis that mm-hmm. I do think worry me, mm-hmm. uh, but I think the win ability, the, the, <clears throat> that's, I, I, there just seem to be, <laughs> there are j- literally just anti-Trumpers that right. like, already or like it's already like a pre-established voting block right that they know i think one of the things is though if we give the biden administration this i've got another two years to hang themselves to essentially like kill themselves like not literally metaphorically um you know they basically are going to i think the american public is going to be so fed up with that they'll be like hey i might hate donald trump but my like everything costs like twenty dollars like 
a pound of beef costs nine dollars. That is that infuriates me as a man who tries to eat a good amount of organic red beef. But in any sense, are you on case, that lion diet or whatever? No, no, not yet. I'm trying. To, I'm just trying to get more protein. Let me day. throw this in here while you're talking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how was it not enough in the midterms? Like that blows my mind. Well, here's the thing, and like I'll I'll address that. Because that too. was at the peak of it. I'll address this too. Um, give give me just one sec. When it when it comes to Trump, though. We forget that he gained a massive amount of votes in the 2020 election. Like, insane. He got more votes than any Republican candidate ever. Like, and we don't even process that. We just think, like, oh, he lost. Well, you know, we can get to discussion about that, the whole issue, some other time. But when it comes to, like, why Trump lost, I think it was more so because, for one, he had COVID going against him. And the whole media apparatus, so many people were blinded into thinking that COVID was just like this, like destructive, like plague that was going to kill everybody. I think that was a big issue. And I think a lot of people are starting to wake up to the fact that you guys, like we were kind of screwed over with this whole policy and everything. Um, but when it comes to the issue of whether or not he could get more votes, I still think he could. I mean, 2020 is an indicator of that. But when it comes to the midterms of 2022, Trump won 233 out of 253, like endorsed candidates 233 won so to highlight those 20 and say that he like the he's the reason the republican party will lose i would say just as i don't think that's a very good faith argument because you're looking at that and trying to nail him to the cross for it when mitch mcconnell did not give any money to blake masters yeah that irritated me a lot and then not only that but uh who's the guy running in a for pennsylvania's governorship i can't remember his uh, name. oz no oh, the oz, governor the, uh, uh Mastriano. Mastriano, yeah. He could have won, too, if they gave him some money. Now, don't get me wrong. It was a much larger swing and everything, but he still could have won. He had a very grassroots campaign, and he could have expanded that had he got on money that, from the On RNC. that note, so I agree, I agree with you on that kind of stuff, but I also look at the uh, J.D. Vance seat mm-hmm. as a bad indicator. He won the seat, mm-hmm. but he was it was a hold. Mm-hmm. So he was taking the seat of a Republican, keeping it Republican in a state that the governor won by 20%. And they dumped, Mitch McConnell dumped millions and millions and millions of dollars in Ohio. And the guy won by just like 5%. Well, here's the thing. That is, to me, a bad sign. Here's the thing, though. It's a win, but it's not. To look at the governorship, though, I think like one of the problems is like if you look at governors, they're very different from the Senate. Um, For one, J.D. Vance is a lot more populist in America first than Mike DeWine is. Mike DeWine has a lot Right, of, but that's what you need to win. That's my that's my point. But here's the thing, he still won though. And the thing is with DeWine, he has a lot of things going for him where he's got the unions backing him. He like he has a lot like he works with the teachers unions and things like that. So they're willing to throw their support behind him because he's kind of like this moderate guy and like, you know, he'll give us he'll still give us our money. Well, let me think of this that like I'm trying to Get you to somewhat see where I'm coming from here. No, no, no. I, I definitely uh, see where you're coming from. If they'd have given all that money to Masters mm-hmm. in Arizona, not all the money that they gave to Vance, mm-hmm. and let's just say Vance lost, mm-hmm. I would not be okay with that. That was a hold seat mm-hmm. in, a, in a state where Dewan won by 20%. I thought it was a flip because I thought no, uh, the, the guy he took was a, a retired, a guy that was a Republican. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it like, it th- really, to me, that Ohio seat deeply concerned me mm-hmm. like it took a ton of money for him to win it mm-hmm. when it shouldn't have mm-hmm. and why and my and 
and I do agree, the governorship stuff's totally different. Yeah. You know, people, totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, in-state stuff is different than yeah. national politics. But, like, to me, that sends me some sort of message. Like, yeah, he did win. Mm-hmm. But, like, you would have thought that that, mes- that message needs to be a really resounding mm-hmm. win. Mm-hmm. Uh, even without, like, any support. Mm-hmm. But it, it wasn't really. Right, and I think the the thing is, like, my argument against that would be, like, in terms of, like, public acceptability, DeSantis wins. And, that like, I'm not trying to be, like, oh, DeSantis, like, has more winability. No, he's more publicly acceptable because he's not super controversial compared to Trump. And I think Trump actually has a better chance of, he's got better winability than DeSantis, in my opinion. Um And a lot of that comes down to, yes, DeSantis has made Florida more red. Um, And I think a lot of the reasons that Republicans actually lost in many of these races were because we didn't ballot harvest, um, which is legal in most states. Whether or not we want to admit it, it is legal. I would like to fix that. I'd like to see states fix that. But currently, that's that's the tool belt we've been given. You might as well use it. But the Republicans have just, I think the problem isn't so much that you know, J.D. Vance did have a lot of money going into his seat. I do think that, like, you would hopefully expect a bigger difference, a bigger margin. But I think, like, when you have newcomers in, like, incumbents tend to win a lot more often than uh, uh, newcomers, basically, or people that are trying oh, to Oh, yeah, when seat. it's an open seat, it's yeah. a different... When it's an open seat, it's a whole different <clears throat> ball game, And I think that's the thing I, as well. I think you are bringing up a big, big, big point about the ballot harvesting, like... If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, sort of deal. Like we just got to start. You know, if it's the rules and and it's able to be done, and they're doing it, and they're doing it pretty daggone good. We right. just need to do it too. Right. And uh, that may make a major difference. Well, it probably will make a major difference. I mean, if you don't yeah. have to get off your butt and do anything, uh, you can just go. You know, fill out a ballot and just yeah, hand it to somebody. Exactly. That's and throwing it into a big satchel. And from what I've seen, the Republicans are actually gearing up to start doing that. In that, yeah. And if they do that, I think Trump's got a much better chance than what he did in 2020. Which in 2020, you know, I think he did. He performed pretty well despite the fact that he lost. Um, but I think it's the. I think I understand what you're saying about Trump. He's not super like a lot of people don't like that he tweets. Like, well, here, here's yeah. the here's the thing about my my un- fundamental thing about Trump is he is already a known quantity. Mm-hmm. Like that's my point. Mm-hmm. Like people already have their opinion on him. Mm-hmm. Can we go out and get more Republicans to vote for him? Like that would be like the harvesting and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, but I don't think we're going to get mm-hmm. a new vote for Trump. Like mm-hmm. a, a person that's going to be switching. You know, I don't think they exist. I don't think that we even need to have people switch though. I think honestly, we could have people if we could get more Republicans to vote. To vote. More so people. that that would be. So, but I'm also less. Like, then the last time I talked to you, there's been some things about DeSantis. I'm less gung-ho DeSantis than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, there, So let me add more to this. That January 6th committee uh, thing just ended up, mm-hmm. ended out, or whatever you want to, closed. That shit. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, do you think that if the establishment or just the, the, the government in general, the state, mm-hmm. Will allow Trump to run again. Well, they're trying hard not to let him. I mean, that's like a legit question. Yeah. So I'm okay with who. So like, I am not going to be brokenhearted if Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump 
mm-hmm. wins the nomination. Mm-hmm. If DeSantis wins it, I think we got a decent shot. Unless mm-hmm. people that are hardcore Trump people would say, we're not going to vote, which I think would be silly. And then I think uh, if Trump wins it, I think we've still got a good shot. Mm-hmm. I personally think maybe not as good of a shot based on just people's mm-hmm. perceptions of the guy. But um, I'm going to vote for him again. Like, I'm not going to – I'm okay with both of those people. I like what I see. I'm starting to get less as much – I like more of what I see with Trump than I do DeSantis. I just – his electability is my – you see what I'm saying? His electability yeah. is my – Mm-hmm. question like so <clears throat> but maybe you're right maybe maybe i'm not saying you can't be right <laughs> so you know only time will tell you see what i mean so i'm not really really like i've got one of my buddies is like if it's not trump i'm not voting and i'm like that is not a good thing like it won't mm-hmm. it should be worse um but is this is the government going to allow trump to run so I definitely think they're pulling out all the stops to try and prevent him from running. Now I'm not saying that. And if, I also wonder real quick, let me throw yeah. this in there. I also wonder if the fact that they're doing that mm-hmm. might reinforce your opinion yeah. that Trump is a winning candidate. Right. Because why would they do that if there wasn't some shadow of a doubt that there was possibility? I was literally, I was about to make that point in that argument, but not only that, that he could win, but that he's an, he's a legitimate threat to the system. Now, they aren't combing through Ron DeSantis's crap to try and see if like there's anything they can indict him for. And like you could say, oh, it's because he hasn't done anything. It's like they could find something that they could try to frame in a way that it looks suspicious. If they thought he was a legitimate threat to the system, they would have they would have done this years ago, but they haven't. And there's a reason for that. Trump is the only one who's a legitimate threat to the establishment of party, the uniparty of the United States of America. And the reason for that is because he's coming. He doesn't have anything tying him down. He's already got money. He can fund himself for he can fund himself for another presidential campaign. He's got enough money to where even if he does that like two or three more times, he's going to be living happy. He's going to be comfortable. But and the reason is. Not only that, but he's just, he's somebody that can go in and he has nothing that will hold him to the win. And he's learned from his mistakes too. They realize that. They realize that when they were able to get people like John Bolton, hey, that that is probably one of the men I loathe most in this country. But when they were able to get people like John Bolton in there, they knew that they'd blunted the Trump administration quite a bit. And so Trump has learned from this. He's getting the, he's said like, and he's starting to surround himself with more people that are actually on his side. Um, He's going to actually clean house. He's going to go in there. He's going to get his people in positions where they need to be. He's going to be like, all right, let's get this done. He's going to clean house. And they fear that more than anything. Mm -hmm. Because if he blunts their power and actually gives power to the American people, to the, you know, actual nation instead of these elites, then they've lost everything that they've been building up for decades. Let me ask you before we close it out mm-hmm. to address my um, issue of, because I've been told this by multiple, multiple mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. that only Trump can do it. Mm-hmm. If that is the case, then how is there any hope in the future? If only Trump can do it. So my argument would be that only Trump can ever do it, but that he's the only person that can right now. And so, I think that there are definitely people that we could pass the torch to, but we need to figure out who those people are. Right now, we don't have a good feel for that. Carrie Lake possibly could do that, but she she's not, like, if she could somehow pull off this governorship thing, like with her court cases, 
don't know how likely that is. If she could pull that off and show what she can do in Arizona, which, and again, I know state politics are a whole different thing, but she's really solid on the issues. I could consider passing the torch down to her and, or possibly somebody else. Well, here's another question that I've posed to Mm -hmm. another one of my buddies. Do we pass the torch down or does the torch get passed up from the people? I think it's because uh, that worries me. One of my friends said, yeah, Trump's the only one that can do it now. But, mm -hmm. and I said, well, who's the person that can do it later? He goes, well, I'm sure Trump will pass it on to somebody. And I was like, I don't like that. I don't like that thought. I think is it supposed to be coming from up top? That's establishment. That's what's happening right now. I think does it come from below? I think it's kind of a semantics game. To to a degree. No, I don't. And, I think it's an honest question because if Trump, I'll if Trump, address that. Yeah, if Trump can only do it, and then the only person that can do it after him is someone he taps on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. That's no different than what we got going on right now. Well, it's, I kind of look at Trump in a way. I would say that kind of Catholics do when they look at the Pope. You know, he's the they view the Pope as the vicar of Christ. I think Trump is kind of like the vicar of the American people. <laughs> you know, like to a degree, and it's not so much that. Like Trump won because of the American people. And the reason that we're willing to say, hey, we trust you with your endorsement is because we know that he's on our side. He's got our back. If he picks somebody, we know that it's going to be somebody that is in the game for the long haul and is trying to do what's best by the American people. Yeah. And, and so, I, I think on that note, mm -hmm. he, I think he is. Mm -hmm. And I think there are others, too, that are legit. Mm -hmm. They're not just, you know, pandering mm -hmm. and posing. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to try to wrap it up on this note. Awesome. I think he's trying to do what he can for the American people. Um, and only time will tell. Mm -hmm. And I think if Trump ends up getting the nomination and he runs and wins, you know, let time play out and we'll see in 2026 what ends up happening instead mm -hmm. of putting words in your mouth. I think there are people out there um, that that can he can pass the torch to. Like I said earlier, I get a little bit worried, you know, whether the movement will sink or swim because I think if Trump does win or the nomination and loses, mm -hmm. the movement's dead. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. And I don't want the movement to be dead. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that should be a question he should be asking himself because the stakes are extraordinarily high. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, we don't remember the movements in history that died. Uh, and I don't want this one to be forgotten because the people need it. Mm -hmm. So at some point that torch has got to be passed. Is it this upcoming election that it gets passed or is it, uh, this upcoming election that it ends mm -hmm. or does Trump win and it gets passed four years after that time will tell. We'll see. Um, Liam, I have really enjoyed talking to you. I hope that you will take me up on maybe joining me again hey, I'd, and I'd we can maybe uh, update it based on more current events coming on. And, uh, you know, I, I really, I really did enjoy this. It was a long, long conversation and we really hashed out and talked about a lot of good things. It was uh, cordial. It was fun. We weren't in total disagreement on much anything. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I basically agree with most of what you say. Mm -hmm. Um, and I hope our listeners enjoyed it too. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Take it easy.